The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> yep, tongue tied but not tongue twisted. Let's face it. Uh, this here is the Comic Book Chronicles. Uh, welcome back. We're good, I think. Um, I am your host, Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat at t- on Twitter. You can find me at News Nest Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70. We are back after a week off uh, celebrating and hiding from our families at the same time during Thanksgiving dinner and the weekend. So uh, glad to be back, folks, with now two weeks worth of books and comic book news and reviews. That was literally my theme song for the weekend. (laughs) And I believe there is. No, I was about to say, I thought there was a book that actually brings up Brooklyn, but it does, it kind of just references it, never, so never mind. Um, but yes, folks, like Agent Underscore 70 said, and I don't know why I'm doing an underscore, because what the freak. Um, we are back, hope everybody had a great and wonderful Thanksgiving, or if you're international and don't celebrate it at all, had a good day or good day off if you got one. I don't know. <laughs> um, but... Before we get into this week's books, uh, we are going to take a trip into week the last week for a little bit of an impression, hopefully spoiler light, spoiler free impressions of the first three uh, uh, episodes of Hawkeye from Disney Plus. So the first two came out uh, last week while we were off. And the, the as of this recording, the third uh, and most recent episode came out yesterday. Right. So I'm going to ring the spoiler bell just in case you don't want to hear anything about Hawkeye. So uh, please feel free to uh, fast forward or go la 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 and not listen for a, a few, at least a few minutes while we go over some of our impressions. Where uh, Roddy Cat and I discussed this earlier, we are not going to do any sort of recap, but we're going to give very broad stroke impressions of these first three episodes so far and where we might foresee things going, which is somewhat spoilery territory. So I'm going to ring the spoiler bell in three, two, one. Yes. All right. So And they're off. Yes, so folks, Hawkeye uh, on Disney Plus, like I said, came up last week, and the first three episodes was out, and 
I will just go ahead and get the, the bury the lead here. Well, not even bury the lead. Just go ahead and say that I've been enjoying it so far. Um, you know, Hawk, I, I can't say this was probably my most anticipated Marvel show, but probably, well, probably is in the current slate anyway, or at least as of for the rest of this year. Because there is no other, there are no other ah! shows next for the rest of this year. Um, oh no! And as you may or may not have heard, uh, the show is pretty much borrowing quite heavily from Matt Fraction and David Aja's, um run, which is a spectacular run. If you if you have not read uh, that that particular run, you really should. If you if you are a fan of Hawkeye, if you're not, then I don't know what you're doing watching. I'm stop. Um, or you, I don't know. Or if you want to get a little bit more um, flavor, let's say, in, into the stuff that they're using. So I don't know if you've heard any other podcasts that have talked about Hawkeye's first three episodes, but I have heard David Aha's name pronounced as Aha, like the band Aha, like Take On Me. Okay. So we've been erring on the side of caution and saying Aja, mm-hmm. but I guess it is Aha. So I guess we'll stick with Aha for now unless we are corrected uh, in the future. Which is kind so, of funny because I feel like, sorry, um, because, because I feel like even when we were discussing, because we've been, this show has been around long enough to where we've discussed us that, discussed that particular run. And I believe we had the same issues then, whether it was right. Aha or Aja or, and I've, as some people have say, heard said, I knew wasn't right, Asia. <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't going to be right. Yeah. So <laughs> that that definitely wasn't going to be right. But uh, but but get but to, just to finish my thought, mm-hmm. uh, what we have to bear in mind is obviously the Hawkeye of the MCU is an amalgam of both the six one six comic book Hawkeye and the Ultimate Comics Hawkeye, and you know what we I think need to bear in mind is that the Hawkeye of the Fraction and Aha run, uh, along with Andy Wu, of course, and that 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 the, those mm-hmm. that first two arcs that are like really seminal to that series. Uh, you know, they're they're very different characters. You know, that six one six Hawkeye is a bachelor. That six one six Hawkeye is you know a little bit more of a smart Alec talk back type uh, character, whereas this Hawkeye very much states it himself he's not going to be wearing a garish costume he's supposed to be you know the rough equivalent of a silent assassin because he is trained to be so by shield right so that is just one you know that that's that's just one of several differences between the 616 character and the mcu character and so we're not going to expect fairly we're not going to fairly expect a true and uh, exact adaptation, uh, exact copy, right. or even a close Comic adaptation perfect. of right. the Hawkeye uh, series that this is at least borrowing from. You know, this is definitely something that is adapted, and we use the word uh, adaptation uh, as freely and as uh, as in its strongest sense here. Mm-hmm. But to its credit, and actually to your point on the Hawkeye stuff, yeah, because even like you said, the Hawkeye's kind of a smart actor. At least he was in the beginning in his in his early comic run. But that run, I feel like, cemented him more of as a kind of a schlub a little bit. Not necessarily to the Ant Man, to to the Scotland Ant Man level, but 
kind of, sort of. Um, but that said, that everything Angel 70 said. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was about to say, like, Roddy Cat and I can go back and forth on this because I always thought that Hawkeye was kind of a schlub when they did his whole, uh, that mini series where they introduced him as the uh, security head of, you know, whatever company um, that was that made him that Sky Sled. Yes. You know, where they introduced him and Mockingbird as a, as a potential one, yeah. couple. Back in 83. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Back in the early 80s, I was, you know, like I was a, a, a youngin back then. <laughs> and even I could kind of tell that Hawkeye wasn't exactly the brightest bulb in the pack. And I think, you know, that sort of, you know, and this is just part of the natural evolution of the character. We're not going to right. uh, parse that out, folks. We're just going to say that Hawkeye's characterization is different in the 616 uh, it's different from uh, the MCU version. So right. now what we right. get here is, as I said, an adaptation. And, um, you know, without spoiling too much, and a lot of this is coming from the uh, the commercials, we have hmm. what we find out is a follow-up, almost a direct follow-up to Endgame. We found out uh, in some news stories that this is actually a, roughly a year after Endgame. It was supposed to, you know, I think... They came out and said it was two, but uh, I guess it was revised to be roughly one. Mm. And, uh, you know, this is a pretty direct follow-up to the events of Endgame and how things end for Hawkeye there. So, you know, that's you know that that's not really much of a spoiler. Right. It's just that we have to set, uh, you know, set this uh, particular series in the timelines that we've that we've started to establish post Endgame. Right. And I, I, I guess we can go on and say on that point. So, and you've seen the trailer, so none of this I'm about to say is going to be, well, if you've seen the trailer, none of this is going to be a spoiler. So, yeah, Hawkeye's in New York with his family. You know, they're, they're, they're doing things. And then some, uh, and then, you know, something's caught up to it. So some, some things caught up from him from the time, but, uh, as I just said, some in game times or more, I guess, in, um, more Infinity War, I guess, because that wasn't that. Oh well, no, the in between. Right, right. It's the in between because. Right, right. 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 So, so basically, what Rodcat is getting at is, you know, as he mentioned, some things come back full circle to Hawkeye, mm-hmm. namely the whole Ronin bit, Ronin bit, where we find out that in between the events of Infinity War and the five years between Infinity War and Endgame, where Hawkeye basically goes off and becomes a masterless Ronin. And goes off and does his whole vigilante shtick and literally lays waste to the criminal underworld in very many parts of the world. And that particular crusade of vigilantism comes back to him in this series. And to their credit, I do like how they kind of marry that to um, the adaptation of the the Fraction Aha Run. Because mm-hmm. they basically said that, well, he ran afoul of these folks uh, from that from that run. Now, the the only thing I'm kind of not liking this is kind of skipping ahead a little bit because like I said, this is whatever. whatever. Um, he in the comics, he was not the first one to wear the mantle of Ronan. He was actually the second, although it was in the uh, same series um, as the person we we met. Uh, in this last episode, episode three of Hawkeye, and that being Maya Lopez um, Echo. Uh, they did not play it that way, which again goes back to what uh, Agent 70 is saying. It's like, there's not going to be, and she didn't show up in the uh, uh, Fraction uh, fraction uh, run at all. So it, exactly. Like they're marrying exactly. a few different things but, here. 
Oh, they're marrying several different things yes. here, namely uh, uh, some David Mack issues of Daredevil, and we'll get to that as well, because yeah. that's where Echo comes in. So there is, in fact, and you know, and and you know, let, let's take a step back mm -hmm. and just you know continue talking about episodes one and two, where we have a setup. You know, we're introduced to the premise of Hawkeye's being in New York for Christmas time and why he's there mm -hmm. and why he would be dealing with some of these characters uh, on a different uh, in a different frame of reference than it was than it was in the Hawkeye limited series the Hawkeye series right right but still the same characters meanwhile we also get the introduction of Kate Bishop and bear in mind Kate Bishop was not a new character in the Hawkeye series right. so they have to do a little bit of the legwork in this TV series to introduce Kate Bishop, create her character, cre uh, show some of her motivations and personality and backstory and context of her uh, family and other supporting characters. So it's not going to be exactly the way we meet. Uh, the, 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 we're not going to meet the same Kate Bishop that we meet in the comic series, in right. this TV series. And I think that is something people need to bear in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as I haven't read some of the negative reviews mm. of this show, but I have a feeling that's where some of it seems to stem from. Oh, really? Actually, I don't think I've seen any negative reviews, but I think I haven't really been reading any reviews at all, so that's probably... <laughs> I've saved myself that kind of issue. Um, right. But yes, like Agent Seven said, we do meet up with uh, Kate Bishop, and, and as you said, they did do the legwork. In fact, going so far as to doing it in the... the the first title sequence uh, for the first episode, they kind of set that all up if you were paying attention, and then going oh. to the, the listen. They actually put they actually put Kate Bishop on the ground in New York City oh, during yes. the Battle of New York hmm. in the first Avengers movie, and that is uh, a big part of her origin story, which is obviously not what it is in the comics. So, right. talk about you know bringing things full circle. We have a character who is literally born. In the rubble, in the in the aftermath of uh, uh, the Battle of New York, mm -hmm. which actually brings up a question that I had for the last episode because uh, because of something that happens or where they end up uh, during the at the end of that episode, basically. But we'll, we'll right. get into that right now. Uh, we are also in the course of the, introduced to a couple other people, like um, 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 Kate's mom. Well, Kate's mom and dad, but dad, you know, takes a hasty exit during the battle. <laughs> one one way to put it, anyway. And but and her mom, uh, who is in the, still in the series, um, to which she's also in the comic book, so that's nothing new. But um, although they might have possibly flipped a, a little bit, I'm not. I can't remember so far because we know if I remember from the comics, her dad was kind of into some shady stuff, or her mom questionable. But they might be forgetting yeah. that for this. Exactly. Well, it seems like both Vera Farmiga, who plays Kate's mother, Eleanor, mm -hmm. and the father were probably into something shady. Right. Um, and that is yet to be revealed, but we'll, you know, we're going to find out. And you know, what we also find out in the next several episodes is that uh post um Vera Farmiga's character becoming a widow, 
she also, you know, gets in with, you know, like starts to see another man. And that other man is pretty shady as well. And that is the impetus behind uh, a lot of the uh, hijinks involving the Ronin costume. Yes. Oh, he's, yeah. Yes. Very much. That's pretty much like, yeah, Agent 70 said it was like, that's kind of what gets, um, gets some of this ball rolling, what say. Um, yes. Which I, so this is probably going to be a slight bit of a spoiler for this. I can't remember, but I feel like the character at least showed up in one of the trailers. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, but the character that shows up is Jack Duskane, who comic book people would know as uh, the Swordsman, and the Swordsman originally trained Hawkeye. The original Hawkeye, Clint Barton. <laughs> right. And now they're now they kind of adapted it to where uh he is now dating um uh Kate Bishop's mother. Now I'm kinda curious as to whether they're going to wrap that back around to, you know, you know, him and Clint knowing each other somewhere, or they're just not gonna do that and just kinda tie him to whatever shady business he's he's doing now and having to do with Kate's mom and Kate right. by proxy. Right. It's weird because, you know, the the Clinton Barton that we know in the 616 is a carny. Yes. You know, he's a he's a, a traveling uh, a carnival uh, act. So it's not the same, obviously, as, uh, you know, Ultimate's uh, Ultimate Universe Hawkeye and therefore the MCU Hawkeye. So right. we don't know if they're going to tie them together at all right. or, you know. That, you know whether or not they, they they'll they'll even interact you know beyond being uh, adversaries. Right. So, um, let's see. Uh, oh, one other thing to note, uh, I guess, just to just to kind of end up one other. Well, there's be plenty of the comic ties, but um, Clint's brother from the six one six probably hasn't shown up yet, and probably won't because they're only doing six episodes. And right. was, and that probably has to do with well, they've already established Clint's family. And haven't said anything about the brothers, so this is like basically more ultimates. Actually, in the ultimates, I don't think he had a family either. But regardless, I don't you know. remember. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't. Think uh, what I would say is, you know, without like, you know, we're doing our best to not spoil too much that's not in the uh, the trailers. What I would say is there is an excellent sequence in second episode that involves LARPing. Yes. And, and another the LARPing sequence is phenomenal because, <laughs> and I'm going to bring in some of my own personal context here, I had never heard of LARPing right. through most of high school. Huh, okay. Right? So I had probably seen the acronym, heard the acronym, didn't really understand the acronym, right? When I say didn't understand the acronyms, I just couldn't put two and two together. Gotcha. And when I got to college, I would see signs for LARPing like throughout the student union. Like when I went to co- you know, where I was went where I went to college and I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> and then I had someone explain it to me and I was like, wow, that could be cool but sounds so lame. <laughs> but I am not judging here. I am not judging Yo, you know, it's like the, you know, it's like me and the, and the, it's like my ever evolving relationship with cosplayers at Comic Cons Mm -hmm. because, you know, just because I don't necessarily see the benefit or the uh, use of what they're doing doesn't mean I have the right to judge, you know, whether or not it's good or bad. So, and some people will say the same thing about uh, playing D&D or any, or playing video games or any other such like activities. 
Right. But uh, yeah, there are some really, really funny sequences in that uh, LARPing scene. I'm not going to explain why there are why there's a LARPing scene. You just have to watch it. Right. But we do meet another character in there that was uh, attached to that um, that Hawkeye, uh, Hawkeye series. But also, we f- I forgot to mention, we also meet uh, in those in these last three episodes or particularly in the first episode, specifically the most important part of that that uh, Hawkeye series. And that being one lucky the pizza dog. <laughs> That's right, and actually, I'm surprised they found a um they they found a pretty good match uh for the for the for the breed and even down to the eye, which I think well, I like, like the eye the eye is CGI, is it? I'm pretty sure the eye is CGI. Oh, okay. I thought that was actual. That was my understanding, but like uh-huh. you said, they got a very very good dog. Gotcha. You know, in more ways than one, good dog. In indeed. But that being said, so yeah, um, like I said, without getting treading too far into um spoilers territory um and i guess a little bit behind the scenes so we do find out um that to their also to their credit like i believe fraction has a consulting producer credit yes on the series and both he and aha they get special thanks at the end and of course uh, in addition to you know other people um i can't remember if any any uh any Wu was in it and and uh, I don't but I should go back and say regardless so you at least they know they've looked they they, they basically said hey look <laughs> this is your this is your series and they then they gave proper credit and also actually another behind the scenes thing and maybe this is the first time I'm seeing this or maybe we haven't paid attention I don't know if you noticed this but it says something about it being a Kevin Feige production and I don't recall any other thing before now saying that I did not notice that I'm going to have to go back and check that out um I'll tell you that I believe it was the Ringerverse had an interview with Fraction, and I listened to that, that particular podcast. We don't get paid by them, but I'm just going to mention that I listened to that particular interview. And Fraction, you know, obviously much more so than any of the other Marvel creators that have had any sort of input on these uh, MCU, Disney uh, projects, be it film or television, Fraction, I think, has had the most input. Mm-hmm. into the series not necessarily in terms of the writing but in the characters and their motivations and what characters might actually sound like right and what he was going for when he was writing the series nice i mean and it probably also shows given how much how much um how much stuff from the series kind of shows up you know whether as as an easter egg or just period you know like right you know we get some stuff that's lifted pretty, almost pretty heavily from the from the series that shows up in the thing. Not necessarily note for note, but pretty well close enough, you know, to to evoke everything. In fact, we're even getting. I don't know if we're gonna see the the. Um, there's a couple of things I'm curious of whether we're going to see uh, play out. Uh, but we do know we're getting a character that had a lot to do with that series. We don't know if we're, I don't know if we're going to see that character as their, not necessarily final form, but the form we see the most in, uh, you may or may not know who I'm talking about, uh, who is attached to, uh, echo. But, um, I don't know if we, uh, I'm not sure if we're going to get that far with it. Cause like I said, the thing shows only six episodes. So obviously they can't, there's, there's a lot they can do, but only so much. Right. So, 
for, for them to get from here to there. And I think I've also, I don't know if you've noticed this to kind of get back on it. So this is around Christmas time. So you, that's the thing. And, and everything's kind of realistically, well, not realistically, but uh, it's counting up to Christi- Christmas because Hawkeye's in New York. He let, uh, he was with his family. But then once all the stuff came out, he sent his family home, said he'll be back home for Christmas, but is having trouble getting back to that because of the troubles going on. So for me, that kind of felt like, I don't know, for some strange reason, I don't know if you felt this, like felt like there's kind of a diehard situation going on. Not, not a situation, but there's like, feels like there's shades of diehards in it. Diehard in it. There's absolute, there were shades of diehard at the beginning, you know, even before mm. this, the show actually premiered, I just had a, uh, a sense of diehard, mm-hmm. uh, which is a Christmas movie people. Basically. And <laughs> thank you. And, you know, there definitely, there are definite, uh, uh, vibes mm-hmm. at the very least of Die Hard in this series so far. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll just very quickly touch on episode three because episode three it has many of the big action sequences that we've seen so far mm-hmm. that have been revealed in the trailers. Mm-hmm. And some of those were really well done. Yes. And, you know, as a New Yorker born and bred uh, watching, you know, some, you know, yeah, I, I admit to being that New Yorker guy who thinks there's no way they can get from point A to point B to point C that quickly because they're obviously cutting and, you know, cutting from shot to shot and, and they don't have time to, you know, sit in traffic and, and, and make all the all, all the turns. Mm-hmm. So they obviously edit out a lot of the, the, the different routes that they would be on. But ultimately, I appreciated some of that action. They're crossing the Manhattan Bridge in one scene, and I definitely appreciate that because the majority of the trains that I take home, you know, to and from home into Manhattan cross the Manhattan Bridge. So I am intimately familiar Mm -hmm. with that particular crossing, and I have been for many, many years. Mm. Oh, forgot about one other aspect, speaking of that, Chase, because... um, um, while we got introduced this to to this group pretty much from the first episode, we get to see, um, I guess, a major first act uh, car chase from with uh, Hawk, the two Hawkeyes and the tracksuit mafia. Uh, who Bro, are, exactly. Who Bro, are, who are heavily all over this um, this series so far, and it was so great to see that. And it, and, and as the age of seventy, saying they were doing the bro all the time, and I was like, oh, this makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> And the best part is, you know, they're they're vaguely Russian, vaguely Eastern European, right? We're not 100% sure. Yeah, kind of and, you know, reading it on the page, you can sort of imagine what it sounds like. But hearing them actually say it, now you've actually put, you know, sound to spoke, you know, to written word. Mm-hmm. And so I'm never going to reread that comic again and not hear, bro. I feel like I was already doing that, but yeah, you're right. It, it does kind of give you a little bit more to actually hear it out in yeah, you know, live action. Yeah, just a little bit more context, mm-hmm. you know, because they listen. There, there are plenty of people who Americanize their accents to the point where you can say "bro, mm-hmm. bro, bro." <laughs> so I probably heard it that way in my mind when I was reading it back then. Not necessarily reading it as an Eastern European slash Russian accent, but now hearing it. Uh, this way, brawl mm-hmm. is awesome. <laughs> but uh, but you know, but uh, episode two and three involve also the introduction of one of those daredevil. You know that that reference to that daredevil uh, 
centric character mm-hmm. that is being uh, adapted for this Hawkeye series. Right. Uh, and that is not a that's not even a spoiler either because that was already um, uh, put forth in lots of the materials leading into the show and in the trailers, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, she has definitely shown up in the trailer. Now, right. to that to that end, people are taking that, and it kind of seems like it could possibly be the case, but I'm still not convinced about it, that another Daredevil-centric character could possibly show up uh, because of this, because of that. Ah, there is a specific scene mm-hmm. in this third episode that strongly hints at it. Yes. I think there could be a swerve. I think it is. There could be a swerve, but I hope it's not. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's who I. I feel like it still probably won't be who they think it is playing that person. If it is, I would like it to be, right? But I'm still not convinced that that's the case. Right, right. And you know we've been you know we've been trained to to uh, not expect anything. Mm-hmm. You know we're, we're trained to be surprised. Uh, Marvel at least with regards to things that aren't related to Tom Holland and Mark Ruffalo is very good at keeping secrets. So we don't know. We're not going to, we're not going to speculate right. whether or not this particular actor is going to reprise a particular role right. or if this is going to be a swerve. And the swerve I've heard is that that character is actually Kate's father. Hmm. Sure. I can, yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. But, my instincts say no. I think it is actually what everyone hopes it is. Mm-hmm. Simply because the the bar that's being rousted is called the Fat Man. Oh, wait. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't hear you. Uh, you kind of cut out for a second. Oh, I said the bar that's being rousted by Ronan. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the Fat Man. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was saying. Yeah. So yeah, I think I cut out just just in case I was going to spoil anything. Uh, so, uh, but bottom line is, there are strong hints of that uh, uh, of that character coming into play here, mm-hmm. and um, whether or not that plays into the bishops and their family business yeah. remains to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, we 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 shall see because like I said, we still got three episodes, and we are uh, we are also knowing that uh, Echo is going to get her own series. Whether that has anything to do what comes, what probably more likely is going to come out of this, because that would be crazy not to, uh, mm-hmm. but still has more to do with that particular situation. I guess we will see whenever that, well, whenever you know, whatever plays out here and whatever happens there happens, you know, right? Um. That episode three is very, you know, it has a lot of aspects to it. It's not just a big chase. Right. There are some very uh, quiet, uh, heartfelt moments in this yes. episode as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, namely, uh, uh, the the side effects that uh, Clint Barton experiences as a result of all his of all of his Avenger duties, and Which... how that uh, how that has affected him, and how he's had to deal with that. And, you know, that, that particular side effect, uh, how, how that stays with him mm-hmm. and how he gets around, you know, how he works around that. So, right. you know, that, that's, again, me doing my best to not spoil. I would recommend catching up on this. It's only a six uh, episode series. We are halfway done. Mm-hmm. So we are hurtling to the end. And if you look at the calendar, 
you know, we only have uh, between here and uh, No Way Home two more, three more episodes. Right. It finishes the same week as, as No Way Home, right? I believe that's true. Yeah, because they put the two out uh, last week. So, because if, if, because if it hadn't, the last episode would have been out on like the 20, the, the last week of the month. So that's probably why right. they did the two episodes uh, now, I mean, off the bat, and then so they can finish out before Christmas. And probably Dude. in line with. <laughs> no, no, no. It finishes out after. Oh my God. That's Wait, so does fast. It still? Look, does it because still? look, today is December 2nd, right? right. And then we just finished episode three. Four, episode four five. is the eighth. Episode five is the fifteenth. Right, but so it'll, but it'll that's still be the before week Christmas. that No Way Home comes out. Oh, okay, but it'll still finish before Christmas, though. Like right, right. It'll finish before Christmas, but we're actually going to get No Way Home before we get the last episode of this, which leads into some of the other minor conspiracy theories. And I hate to use the word conspiracy mm. theories, but. You know, in this context, it's really just a a, a a theory that some characters may be revealed right. at certain times, and it's being timed so that it's not uh, so that it's um, not as obvious. Right. But if it had gone the way that it was supposed to, it'd have been one as the one episode a week. It would have still been like two more weeks after that, and you know, it would have been like the last week of the month before this, right. this series ended. Uh, right. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm already looking at the calendar because, as I said earlier, I've already got my No Way Home ticket. So that means in two weeks we're going to be on mo- movie protocol again. Wow, it's so fast. We'll talk about that because uh, we got some news on that later uh, in the news. And speaking of that, we should probably wrap this, uh, wrap this yes. up. Um, impressions so far. I'm enjoying it so far. Hopefully it sticks to landing. And um, Oh, actually, the one, one real quick question because you just mentioned what something I was gonna wanted to bring up. Uh, how they handled that situation with the um, I kind of like that. I'm like that's that makes a lot of sense given what we know in the MCU. How they handled that situation with uh, with his uh, particular predicament with his oh with Hawkeye, yes, yes. Because uh, I wasn't sure if they were going to they, they clearly weren't going to do the, the, the original comic book reason, and it wasn't going to they they haven't set up what happens in uh, the Fraction Aha series what happens to him. And I don't even know if they're actually even going to do that, but his initial, you know, um, impediment, I guess you could say, you know, was like, all right. Yeah. That seems in line with what, what has already happened. So. Right. Perfectly practical Mm -hmm. and reasonable explanation. Mm -hmm. So it's nothing that anyone would take, uh, issue with because it makes a ton of sense. Right. So that being said, like I said, we can kind of, um, push it along but yeah it's been a good series so far and i'm looking forward to the rest of it absolutely ladies and gentlemen uh listeners and viewers of the comic book chronicles we definitely implore you we definitely suggest strongly that uh, you watch uh this hawkeye series Mm -hmm. if you are if you are inclined even if you even even if the knowledge of the character comes from the mcu i think you would still you would still get something uh, good out of it Absolutely. That being said, we're going to go on to the books of the last two weeks. We're going to start with um, a book from... Oh, shit. I know I forgot something. Uh, but that's fine. We'll work around it. Uh, the books from last week, starting with Hulk number one. Okay, I thought we were going to start with I mean, Black I'm Panther. sorry, sorry, sorry. You're right. You said uh, We said uh, Black Panther. I was looking at... Only because... One. 
only because I was going to go in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. So let me click over to that as well as getting the uh, creative team up. So Black Panther number one, this latest volume is written by John Ridley with art by Juan Cabal, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So, you know, the issue opens with uh, Black Panther leading an Avengers away mission, basically. Uh, There is, you know, there's an issue uh, going on where uh, a bulk, a a, a decent-sized group of Avengers has to uh, uh, work through this particular problem. And Captain America and Black Panther are left kind of chit-chatting with Captain America looking to gauge... Or, or at least looking to get a commitment from uh, T'Challa that uh, he's going to be uh, as much of a full-time uh, Avengers chairperson as he would be uh, ruler over Wakanda. Now, Wakanda is in a very different place right. as a result of the ending of Ta-Nehisi Coates' run mm-hmm. in terms of its uh, ru- uh, gov- <coughs> excuse me, governmental structure. Mm-hmm. And we find ourselves at the beginning of this issue, neck deep in the throes of democracy, uh, working its slow uh, process and T'Challa becoming very frustrated. But at the end of the day, uh, coming to some uh, level of acceptance. Uh, Meanwhile, what we find out in the rest of the issue is that T'Challa, for all that he's done for the country, is also... um, what we've what we've what we've learned about this character over the course of his entire of his entire comic book history is that he is always looking to uh, gain an advantage and is looking to be prepared and this is just another mm-hmm. aspect of that char- uh, uh, this is another um, way that aspect of the character has been uh, set forth. Uh, it, it, it's uh, a mechanism that Ridley uses here that's not foreign to, that wouldn't be foreign to anyone who's read uh, espionage slash action uh, yep. books or watched such movies like The Born Identity. And, uh, you know, what we have in, you know, what we have here at play is, at least in the second part of this book, definitely a little bit more of an espionage thriller. And that is probably going to uh, lend itself to some of what we see in that last. There's a. It's a it's not necessarily a splash page, but what it is, is that it's a teaser of several panels that show what is likely going to be upcoming in this book. And what's involved is some conflicts with some uh, longstanding allies and friends of uh, T'Challa and whether or not his plans and uh, some of the the machines that he started on, you know, started working in terms of uh, political and uh, espionage machines, what you know, things that he started uh, working on, whether or not they're going to cause him to come to uh, con- come into conflict with some of these people. 
Yeah. Like some of that was like, okay, this, I don't know. I, w- I wasn't sure how I felt about that. Like it, it's, I dare say it was kind of a trope, but I mean, comic books, are, if anything, are full of tropes. So that's not, you know, saying anything positive or negative about it. But um, there was enough there for me to be kind of partially inter- interested, especially with that last page, as you said, that kind of um, um, shows what looks like the, uh, could be coming in the in the volume, you know, which is also kind of a, an, another world war thing. So I'm still probably going to check this out. I mean, I am going to check this out. It's like I mean, you know, for scientific reasons, or even and or as a fan of the of the academic character. reasons, yes, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that being said, um. Like yeah, that was a it was a interestingly enough interesting enough first issue to where I'm like I can see myself uh, coming back to it to see what what to, to what's what's uh what's going on with it. Um, yeah, I mean we're, we're used to listen. Like I said, we are used to T'Challa having plans A through Z and then going into like the Greek alphabet after that, right. you know, and we are just seeing the latest iteration of that aspect of the character being played uh, in this story. So, you know, I'm glad that Ridley has picked up on some of the things that Coates left behind, like uh, Wakanda being a burgeoning republic, you know, trying to implement a democracy under uh, uh, under the figurehead of uh, a monarchy. So, uh, you know, it's I enjoyed it, but at the same time, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of curious to see if this picks up over the next several issues. Right, and that's kind of the thing. Like I was like I was like, all right, it's an interesting enough start to kind of get me to get me interested in going further. Mm-hmm. Is it gonna hold? We'll see. Right. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. I was about to say, the one, right. some, one other thing I was going to say about that was uh, kind of was going off of your point with that. Because, like, yeah, everything he's done, even with his strip, not, not stripped down, because it's not like, you know, with his, I guess, paring down of power, it's still because he wants to protect Wakanda. And that's always been, like you said, kind of his uh, his main thing. Right. So. Right. So he's always, you know, so he, he's going to have multiple plans in place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though a lot of that stuff was retcon, like why he joined the Avengers, why he did, you know, why he does this. Right. A lot of it is, you know, a lot of it definitely plays off that. It's not paranoia. It's being prepared. Right. You know, but there's a healthy paranoia in there. So yeah. it's it, it's definitely an aspect <laughs> of the character that we've seen before. We've seen explored before. So. Well, you know, I'm willing to give it a little time to see if Ridley has something new to say right. with regards to this aspect of the character and what, you know, anytime you bring in governments, there's always espionage and intrigue. And, you know, that seems to be like a trope when it comes to mm-hmm. that type of storytelling. As you said, you know, it might be a different type of trope than what you want than you than what you were referring to. No. But it's still a trope nonetheless. No, no and we're there. Right, so so ultimately we'll we'll see if this is something that Ridley has something new to say, uh, uses this to say something new. Right. That being said, we can go on to our next book, which is actually Hulk number one. 
Right, right. So we had a little run of number one issues last week. Mm-hmm. So Hulk number one is written by Donny Cates. Um, and it is, what is it? Uh, so the art, it looks, is by Ryan Otley. It doesn't say that there was an inker. So I think Frank Martin, who's listed as the color artist, colors right over Ryan Otley's uh, pencils. Maybe he's doing uh, digital, so it's not as... Um, it's not pencil and ink. VC's Corey Pettit is the letterer. And um, I'll lead off by saying that we got a little bit of a teaser for this in the uh, new in the uh, free comic book day Marvel uh, uh, Hulk issue or or the what was it like the Avengers and Hulk? I think it was the Avengers and yeah, which I still hadn't read. Now that I think about it. <laughs> right, so we did get a little bit of a tease of this. Uh, it's really uh, where we pick up, not on the first page, but on uh, the page after we find out that a lot of what we're seeing here is happening within, not without. That's me uh, uh, describing it without spoiling it. Yes. And... The meeting of the minds, which I'm happy to say involves Peter, not Ben Riley, and um, you know this. You know what's being discussed here is probably com- probably comes right after what's been happening in, or, or what happened in that free comic book day story, right? So that you know, that's essentially what you missed. You didn't really miss anything. It's just everything that happened in that free comic book day story leads up to this particular meeting of the heroes and trying to figure out what uh, Bruce Banner is up to in the wake of Immortal, the ending of Immortal Hulk. Right. So the only thing I can really add to this is like I also read this, but um, I think. Coming out of Immortal Hulk, we were like, what in the world are they going to do with the Hulk after this? Because let's face it, that series is kind of a hard act to follow at this point. Yes. And I still say remains to be. But given what Kate's and crew uh, has started off here is definitely has me wanting to come back for at least this arc. At the very least, the next two or three uh, issues, if not the whole um five or six or whatever, however long this first arc is going to be. Because there's a premise in here um, that is set up uh, and I'll just go ahead and because I think I do, there might be an an article on this later on, but basically what if the Hulk had a purpose that uh, we didn't think about? Without Mm -hmm. giving too much away, like... And and it kind of goes back to the 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 the, the thing of I uh, well I'm not all I'm you know you're all in here with me and not the other way around type of situation mm-hmm. that could potentially be uh be be teased out. Right, 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 right. Shout out to Rorschach, right? Exactly. Um, also, we you know, and 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 that is uh, that that particular statement that Roddy Cat just made has uh, multiple meanings to it. Not only does that particular aspect come into play we also find out that the hulk may serve yet another purpose with some modifications yes and what we get and the concept that we have here is of pilot and craft yes or pilot and mecha 
I would go so because. far as to say a Star Trek situation in that in that vein. In, in a word, in a weird vein, because or Robotech, right? Exactly. That's why yes. I said pilot and mecha, because yes. that is essentially what uh, the relationship that we see developing, at least towards the end of this issue. We'll see what 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 what, what what's to come in issue number two. Yeah, and and as said in said the issue, yeah, this is definitely probably not going to last that long, given the nature of the relationship. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah. We'll see because, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, Planet Hulk, mm-hmm. right, uh, where the the Bruce Banner persona took a long, long time mm-hmm. to exert any sort of uh, force in the relationship. Right. But I believe wasn't that by on – wasn't that – That was Greg Pak. I know, but wasn't that like – Purposely, if I vaguely, vaguely, remember. I don't even know if I even read Planet Hulk. Now that I think about it, I know stuff that happens in it, but I don't, don't think I've ever actually read it. And I think that was one of those uh, events we were going to probably get to if we had gotten back around to. Uh, the, right. Uh, Listen, if we ever get locked down again, God forbid, knock on wood. Right, and we need to come up with some evergreen content. We definitely have a list of comic book events that we would record uh, shows uh, talking about. Mm-hmm. Or at least locked down to the point to where books aren't coming out because obviously we are still, you know, at some variation of in place in places. Uh, but yes. but books are still coming out, so we don't have to. Yes, let's not. That. Yeah, let's not. Let's not discount the fact that uh, you know we are still living in the midst of a freaking pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, but that being said, um, Hulk number one, like I said, Hulk number one, interesting premise. That's a that's I was definitely had no expectations going into this issue as to what you could do because like I said the bar is kind of set you know pretty lengthily uh, coming out of that last series and I don't at this point I don't know maybe you called it something I may not have but I don't see anything that was like seemed to re- directly well no actually I take it right there was one thing that was kind of at the very least mentioned coming out of um, uh, the last series than this one Oh no! There is a direct reference. Right, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I just yeah, there is a direct, direct reference in this. Right. So, and but so far, that is the only thing. So at least they're still playing on part of it for in that aspect. Right. But whether there is anything no, that's going to come out it. of it, yeah, it, we'll. Yeah. I guess we'll see. All right. Uh, anything else that you want to get into uh, depth uh, from last week, or you want to just leave everything else to rapid fire? Uh, let's see what you got, what I got. Um, let's see. Did do that one. Hmm. So let me see. Uh, nah, because I got a feeling uh, once we have Rapid Fire, there's at least two books that's probably gonna, gonna, gonna go A and B that we can, we, we, we can't, we don't have a choice but to talk about. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we can go on to uh, an, another. We can go, well, to, we can go to this week. We can jump to this week. Yeah. Right. We can jump to the 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 week of uh, December first. So uh, there's a big, big. When I say big, I mean really big. Oh yeah. It's a ten dollar book, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, was it? Uh, yep. Oh. Ten. I haven't picked mine up yet. But I know that the cover price is ten bucks. Gotcha. 
And that is Avengers number 50, which is actually number 750 in the overall um, numbering of the Avengers books. And boy, is this chock full of stuff because issue number 50 not only wraps up the most recent World War She-Hulk storyline, but also leads us right into what has been percolating in the background. Lots of stories, you know, lots of stuff that has been percolating in the background ever since the Avengers of 1 million BC were introduced. You know, this is stuff that Ewing and um, and uh, 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 Jason Aaron, the Al Ewing and Jason Aaron have been working on for a while now. We even get the return of the orb from uh, Original Sin, and that was Jason Aaron's baby, wasn't that? Was that not? You are right. So a lot of this stuff has been percolating and brewing, and I'll come up with other things about slow, you know, fermenting in the background. <laughs> yeah, as as we said before uh, this, uh, uh, before we started the show, yeah, this 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 book's got a lot in it going on in it. Like not only just what uh, Ages ever said, but definitely teasing. Well, heavily um, teasing out upcoming storylines while still wrapping up stuff. And I was in on one such uh, storyline. We kind of figured this was going to be happening because after coming out of that last issue, we, we kind of figured like, well, we knew this was going to be a big issue and we knew they were going to hit the, the She-Hulk stuff. And boy, right. did they like really fast and then to, to, before going on to this other stuff. So right. they took care of that. See, what was great about that and what was weird about that is it was completely sensical yes as opposed to nonsensical <laughs> everything they did with she-hulk and how they resolved several of the plot points that had been left dangling over the last several issues of world war she-hulk how that was resolved worked out very well and made a ton of sense mm-hmm. it's just that it was very mm-hmm. much secondary to the big setup yes. towards the uh, throughout this issue for What's going to be, and if you have read any of the Marvel comic solicitations the way we have, we know that the upcoming Avengers Forever uh, series is going to be a sister comic to this Avengers book. Think New Avengers from the Bendis era, where New Avengers and Avengers back then while they didn't necessarily toss uh, cross over, you knew they would eventually because they would uh, play off. They 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 would eventually play uh, play off each other. I think here it's actually going to play off each other more closely. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Um, so short strokes. So we uh, as it just said, like yeah, Jason was kind of bringing home uh, or bringing home or tightening up some stuff. Um, because the She-Hulk stuff wrapped that one up, so that's out of the way. We have this pretty much the old guard changeth, or the old order changeth uh, that they're teasing out here. Which again, like you said, you know, if you read the solution, you already knew this was what was going on. But we definitely see that going on or start to going on right. here. Um, well, what's funny is that hold that thought. Sure. What's funny is that they're taking some of these Avengers off the board at least temporarily, so that they can do things in other books and in other. You know, to to explore one 
She-Hulk's, you know, solo series, which is coming up. Mm-hmm. And also, She-Hulk's actual appearance in Fantastic Four this week. Yes, I was going to, I was going to mention that when we got to that point. <laughs> so... So I was like, oh, okay, this completely folds everything together. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't read Avengers 50, I think if you're reading She-Hulk, you're like, wait a second, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. But, and so, the funny part of that, like, she was her, or, well, so yes, She-Hulk's back to her pretty much original form. And by the way, there's a very good page when when her, when her that reveal happens, I'm just going to say, you know. Ding. Well, that's a call. that's a callback to the John Byrne She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So Wait, that the, that particular page we're talking about. Yeah, that's okay. a callback. Okay. That's it's a like, callback. It's not exact, but right. it's definitely an homage to that particular uh, run, the John Byrne run on She-Hulk. Gotcha. Because I vaguely remember that run. Like I feel like I read it at some point. As a matter of fact, knowing this was coming up, I wanted to kind of go back and read like Slot's run and uh, and Burns old run. Just, but mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be able to do it in time. So. Or I wasn't going to do it in time because we had a lot of books. Um, mm. uh, but that being said, like I said, yeah, all of that was 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 welcome and wonderful. It was cool. And then, like I said, going into the stuff, so we still got some one million BC stuff that they're kind of uh, that, that they're dealing with. And like Agent Seven said, said uh, some people are taking being taken off the board to go to other books, including the aforementioned um, uh, Avengers uh, Forever. Um, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you know that's. Uh, uh, Roddy Cat brings up a point that I, I, w- I hadn't even gotten to, where uh, there is another Avenger, like you know, uh, uh, that I that I didn't even think of as being essentially taken off the board mm-hmm. for that Avengers Forever story. Uh, right here, you know, it's it's being developed right here in the pages of mm-hmm. this issue, right? As well as reminding people, hey, there was there was other people that are kind of going off on that that have already been placed in other places, like uh, you know, for to kind of keep them off of this. Right, um, and and le- and and just in case we forgot they were around, the Squadron Supreme actually makes a mm-hmm. a, a small appearance. They're like, oh, they're back. Oh, wait, one of them's not. Or anymore. yeah, I was about to say, or what's left of them? <laughs> right, like one of them's one of them is definitely not coming back from that. Yeah, you won't be around next year. Oh no. <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah. Um, oh, we also get some. We uh, talk about the aftermath of. We actually we get another part of that, especially dealing with the She Hulk thing, because of um, that last part was dealing with that whole plot with uh, the the Winter Guard and um, and Namor, and some of that gets kind of comes back into play later in the in the issue because, like I said, even with the Winter Guard and the Squadron Supreme and you know Namor, you know, on another side of that, and just like wow, like I said, this this book has a lot in it, including oh, yeah. I- Oh, go ahead. No, I was uh, including to get this out of the way. A, I assume that's going to get tied in here some kind of way. Story with um, Thor and another character that has nothing to do with the Avengers, although some would argue tangentially could have. You know. What do you mean? You, did you read that last um, that last little backstory? Oh yeah, I yeah. don't know if that has anything to do with uh, future stories. It's right. hard to tell. Exactly. But I feel like they wouldn't right. put that in there for no reason. So I'm I'm assuming there is going to be something that's going to come about it. Like we, I feel like we've seen this character or at least a version of this character elsewhere, especially in like um, Excalibur. Excalibur, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know whether whether something's going to going to fall into that. We don't know. No, absolutely, um, absolutely. 
But what but, else? Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, what what has been kind of a a, a tough read when Aaron has been <clears throat> kind of sprinkling aspects of this. You know, he, there there have been a couple of plot lines that have been dangling throughout this particular run of Avengers mm-hmm. and several of them. And I mean, several of them have been, have come together in this issue only to open up some more. Right. And, uh, all of a sudden we get uh, a particular agent of Wakanda, uh, getting a significant power up. I'm not mm-hmm. even going to say who it is because I was definitely taken by surprise. Yeah. And I think I've saw, I, pro- I think I might have saw seen something on that before reading this issue. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's, that was, you know, of course, well, that's what happens when you get news. Um, so I was like, huh, that seems weird. Not necessarily who it was, but it was kind of teasing out that something was going to happen uh, right. to this character. So I'm like, huh, all right. But, yeah, like, there's that. There's a there's a, the whole other, the, the new Avengers roster. There's another Agents of Wakanda that, I guess, I don't know if they're going to get, they're not necessarily getting redeemed. But we find out some. Some folks that we thought were not around or are still kind of there. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like I said, there's a whole other thing, especially oh, the whole Mephisto thing, and the and at least one person that's working with him. Uh, you know that whole thing is still around that he's dealing with, and like I said, the aforementioned one million BC stuff, right? Uh, Avengers stuff, and that's yeah, it, it's a whole thing. So without going too too far in it, like even well, actually, no, I'm not gonna talk about it because that's still about that uh, that last piece. So yeah, a lot going on. <laughs> Needless to say, um, there was a couple of things I wanted to um, but I'll probably add to, uh, mention this to, to Agent Seventy after this fact because there was a, a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Uh, that was shown in the, the the course of the issues that I was kind of curious about whether they're going to actually bring back up. Uh, but that being said, I think we can push on to another uh, book if we're if we're done here. Like I said, there's a lot to it, and it, we can't really get into it without getting into too many spoilers. Right. By all means, go ahead. You can so, pick something. I uh, believe we said we we're going to do Fantastic Four. All right. So no yes. problem. I will uh, scroll down to your notes because I did not have a chance to type out the uh, creative team on this. So Fantastic Four number 38 is written by Dan Slott with art by Francesco Mana, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by R. Python, VC's Joe Caramagna. Happy Thanksgiving. So... <laughs> so this is definitely an issue that is not picking up too directly on anything that happened in the last issue the last issue was the halloween issue right this issue is in fact something that um is not foreign to the pages of Marvel Comics because there are several superpowered lawyers running around. One of them is Matt Murdock. The other one is the uh, previously mentioned Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. And so there is no spoiler here. She-Hulk is in this episode. She's on the cover. 
And it turns out that in this issue, spoiler alert, there are some family issues that are budding. No, it's not Ben and Alicia and the kids. It's not Reed, Sue, and their kids. But it's one of all. the uh, Future Foundation kids. Mm-hmm. So I I really wanted to talk to Agent 7 about this because... Well, and I guess the part we didn't talk about in Avengers, which was also kind of funny, because there's uh, just so happened to be a case that ended up getting, getting closed out in, um, in in that issue. And now we come to the Fantastic Four, and a case gets started. <laughs> right, <laughs> she right, involved right, right. with both of them. Exactly, exactly. You know, as as, as part of that whole World War She Hulk thing. Uh, She-Hulk had been brought up on charges in in Mother Russia mm-hmm. uh, for some of the things that happened during that whole Phoenix story, and uh, Jen Walters is able to defend herself there because she's no longer uh, you know big and and hulking. She's been reverted back to her well, still normal hulking, just state. not as yeah, just not as hulking as she was. Right, and uh, as I said in this issue. Uh, there is a there's a custody battle over a member of the Future Foundation, and She Hulk is brought in as a consultant. I and I, I kind of love the way they did that. hijinks ensue. Right, I kind of love the way they did that. Even even Jen kind of called. I was like, you could have just texted. <laughs> well, I kind of I kind of had the feeling that something was up. Right when the 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 the. The word balloon said served. I'm like, served? Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Right. I've seen that happen before. <laughs> right. Oh, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and going back to what, what uh, it just having to said about uh, super, super powered um, uh, lawyers in the MCU, I believe this is, uh, and I'm assuming this is a, a slight thing. I'm not sure because I don't remember that much on his run, but I believe this is the first time in recent history that we've seen a superpowered judge i think this is this character's first appearance is it so i wasn't sure because i i couldn't I think so i couldn't find any uh reference because i even looked obviously you know looked in the only the closest thing i could come to even the 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 name of the character was uh, a villain a villain's daughter or or ex-wife and that was definitely not her mm-hmm. so i believe you are right about this so, which still could stand to the fact that it's, it's still a slot creation because we know slot has written She Hulk before, did a, a, a very well received run of She Hulk before. So, I figured at first, like, well, maybe this is a judge that kind of came out of that. But, like I said, I have seen no other, no other uh, reference to this character. It was new to me, but I'm not that familiar with Slot's She-Hulk run, so mm-hmm. you could be, you know, uh, you could have been right, and I would not have known right. that she had been introduced way back when. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was my, you know, it, it was the the feeling that I had at least because the some of the text that Slot puts in about, you know, where is this character when we're facing off against Galactus <laughs> and whatnot? Right. And 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 Jen Walters basically says, well, some of us superpowered people serve justice in other ways. Mm-hmm. And I just got a real kick out of the shenanigans here because it definitely felt like um, the character that is uh, pursuing custody definitely had the upper hand for the majority of the legal proceedings here and definitely had the FF playing right into his hands. Surprisingly. So, right. 
And apparently a little bit of a retcon on this character's part, given what I guess came out during it. Unless there was some precedent for that. I don't know. Because we've always, it's always felt like it's been established that this person has been the one that they've been um, going up against. This is probably a minor spoiler. But come to find out that that's not necessarily the case. May not be necessarily the case, unless there's some more shenanigans that happen here. But I doubt it. Hmm. So that's kind of interesting. But we also do know that, hey, because of the nature of um, the relationship between this character and the child in, in question, you know, other things could could be involved. But that being said, though, I, I kind of enjoyed this issue. Um, <laughs> it was so offbeat. It right. was so offbeat, like kind of out of left field. We've been dealing with the Forever Gate and all of the intergalactic shenanigans that have uh, come to Earth. We've got uh, Johnny and his never-ending flame mm-hmm. and whatnot. And to get a story like this was completely out of left field. And it was definitely something that took me off guard when I was reading it. So it was entertaining yes. in that regard. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, again, like I said, we we know Slot has uh, written She-Hulk before. And now he's writing... Um, Writing the FF, uh, I believe. Wait again? Didn't you write a? Or am I tripping? Did you write the FF before now? Did, is this his first time writing the FF, or has he written before? Written for? No, this is his first time writing the FF. Okay, so now he gets to play in with with um both of them. This <laughs> is for for this next what issue or two. I would assume this is going to be. Plus, like I said, it's inter- as I said in my notes, interestingly timed given the the book we just talked about, Avengers Fifty. You know, uh, bringing Jennifer back to her uh her former prominence and also showing off her her um you know make sure folks know that uh hey she's a she's a she's a great lawyer exactly yeah yeah putting her back in a suit you know putting her back in the courtroom because she hadn't been there in ages i don't think she had ever been there in the hulked out version that we'd seen uh gracing the pages of avengers for for several years now right right because yeah because she was even having trouble talking much less at one point right yeah so um although we did see some bits of her legal acumen because she was talking to herself that goes so but yeah that's that had nothing to do, to do with her being actually in the courtroom and trying any cases mm. so that being said and actually there was a cover from last week that where this version of she hulk was on the cover but obviously it wasn't you know she wasn't back to this point yet so I I found that kind of interesting. I can't remember what book it is, but I know it was something we just talked about earlier. Regardless, um, this is possibly a potential click of the week uh, for me because of how this thing played out, and I'm looking forward to seeing the um, the the next issue to to see uh, what goes on and whether it's gonna go, come off into anything or whether this is like a little arc before Redemption War or something. Because we know that's coming up. Right. All right. Uh, anything else on this? No. Before we move on? No, I think I'm good. Unless you got something else. No, I'm good. I think we can move on. We can actually cover one more book from this week. Okay. And that's uh, The Trial of Magneto. X-Men Trial of Magneto number four. Okay, sure. I don't because this this was definitely not where I thought this book was going. Yeah. So let me read off the creative team on this. Um, this book 
the trial of X-Men, the trial of Magneto number four is written by Leo Williams with art by Lucas Vernick and David Messina colors by Edgar Delgado and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. So when I say it wasn't exactly where I thought we would be going, I had a feeling they had brought back and this is spoilers. These are spoilers from the first three issues, really. Essentially, in order to solve the mystery behind the death of the Scarlet Witch during the events of the Hellfire Gala, things are put into motion, people are called, and it turns out that the Scarlet Witch has been, spoiler alert, resurrected through the resurrection protocols. On Krakoa. Except for, well, so during that during that point of it, they mentioned that she pretty much did it herself without them doing anything. Because they had because they were pretty much about to go through it, but then all of a sudden they basically said she actually they actually actually say she resurrected herself. Uh and uh during the course of that book. So so yes, that is true, but at the same time they were they didn't actually go through the process. That doesn't really mean that much, but right. it's still it's a hard weird to thing. right. It's hard to say because the way I see it, because it happened right. where the five are, mm-hmm. that means they had made use of gold balls and all of the other ones. So we're not a hundred percent sure how this all played out. Right. It's 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 that part has kind of got weird, but it only gets weird right. from here. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, that's 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 why it's you know it's it's important to understand why Roddy Cat and I aren't necessarily agreeing on what happened here, because it seemed to me like the process that that they had uh, um, that they had thought about starting the process and they right. had set up the body, you know, the the husk. As it were, you know, for those of us who aren't familiar with the resurrection protocols, they actually create a husk that they imbue with the backups that are on Cerebro. Right. That's how the mutants get resurrected on Krakoa, right? And they use the powers of the five gold balls and and uh, I forget all the other characters and hope um, and whatnot uh, to do so. And what we have here is that at some point... Wanda Maximov hijacks the process or maybe pushes their process along That's... and we get a resurrected Wanda Mas- Maximov. Right. That That is the question. Yeah. Because like I said, I, I, I yeah. I, yeah, yeah. We don't know. Was, That's the point. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, like I said, that, like I said, that whole thing, that whole thing was kind of weird because they say a thing and then, and, and like Agent Saber said, yeah, they definitely set it up. And then after that, it just kind of goes, just kind of happens. Right. So, and because they, they, I think they even said like, "Well, yeah, we're gonna like, what are they gonna say? We're gonna do this, basically." And it didn't. It got so they basically, like they just haven't said, definitely uh, started the process. Right. How far they gotten? Not entirely sure. Except exactly. for the fact that they basically the set up the they set up the environment for right. it to happen. Right. You so, know, they said they had all their tools in place. <laughs> you know, all of the all of the uh, the elements in place. Right. And so, as Roddy Cat said, it only gets crazier after that. Right. Because once that happens, and uh, you know, the events of the last issue where uh, some things appear in the wake of uh, the telepaths giving Wanda 
the bulk of her memories back, you know, well, post this early backup. Well, I believe they even said in this is like they basically gave her the highlight reel. They didn't give her the whole thing, but like, yeah, but they didn't necessarily give her the bulk of it. She didn't get that until like later in this issue until all that other craziness we may or may not talk about happens. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's true. That's true. Right. So they, so they, so they do give her the highlight reel or the mm-hmm. low light reel, depending on your perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of weirdness going on because <laughs> we get what we didn't understand in the last issue was you know we didn't really understand what was going on and it's kind of explained here and we don't really understand how that happened exactly and you know we're not really shown we're just told that that's what's happening mm-hmm. and that's single. kind of difficult in this medium to 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 really get behind in terms of storytelling right so i was definitely uh put off by that particular aspect of the story and i'm like how did we get here you know, I've been reading this. How did we get here? Right. And I'm the only thing I can assume is that because even going to the, into the end of this issue where like all that stuff that happens, happens, we get the three way kaiju battle and, you know, stuff, you know, stuff that started last issue and the combining. I don't even still don't know what in the world's going on with, with that. And this whole other um, past this past present future thing almost like the the hulk um that one hulk volume jason aaron's hulk volume i guess but not necessarily in nowhere near in the same way <laughs> like there's just just things that show up here and they's like yeah like you just said it says like hey this happened uh and we just kind of got to go on to it so that i'm saying that all that the same i'm hoping come going into the uh the last bit of this issue where we were starting to get an explanation Hopefully, we're going to get all of the explanation in the next and, I believe, last issue of this uh, miniseries. Because if they don't, there's going to be a problem. Because they just pretty much dropped this on. It was like, all right, we're pretty much back to this point. And, you know, and what we thought happened didn't happen. And we were supposedly we're going to get the explanation on some of it, if not all of it. But to what end? Who knows? So is this their attempt at trying to uh, reform the Scarlet Witch character in the eyes of the Krakoans? I believe so. Because if you look at... It has to be. If if you look at... I don't know. Did you read New Mutants this week? No, I didn't get to it. Okay. Because if you notice a thing during the X-Books, pretty much most of the... Most of not all of the villains or quote-unquote villain mutants that they've come across have had uh, uh, reformation arcs or, or, or issues. Right. And in I will say there is a character in this week's uh, New Mutants that definitely gets that also. So I believe it's, it. so it's a so it's been a through line through the expect since uh since this whole reign of reign of X or even back to pretty much shows. everybody but Sabretooth and even Sabretooth might get one soon. Yeah, given whatever's going to happen in that uh, miniseries, we know he's going to get exactly. So so yes, that is definitely the case here. I believe. And if not, then they 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 clearly went about it the wrong way because we, we you know like we know Wanda to be a thing and you know and we even with everything that has happened to her in the past that we know about like there there is something to her but also we know she has had issues um, right and 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 ultimately all this happening on Krakoa in front of Krakoans right. 
makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that people need to be told they're actually seeing what's going on. Right. And, you know, the fact that she's been reborn through the Krakoan resurrection protocols, does that confirm that she's a mutant? Exactly, because we have been told in the past, like, no, we, she's pretty much been excommunicated, and she's, you know, every time someone said, has said her name, it's almost like they were spitting on the ground. You can see them spitting on the ground after they say her name or something. Like, she's right. been no, called and, the Great Pretender and every, and every other thing. Right, and, and, and I guess, you know, someone is going to... Maybe I've just lost track of how they've been mucking around with her powers. Because remember, she had a mutant hex power, and then she became an actual witch. Mm-hmm. And now it's a, at one point, it was a combination of the two. And that was always my understanding of recent history involving her powers. Right. So, you know, because they don't, they don't say that Quicksilver's not a mutant. Right. You know, despite, you know, despite the, you know, despite the ongoing... Uh, controversy over their parentage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, they're supposed to be "quote unquote" mutant siblings. So, I guess she always has been. They just stopped taking cerebral backups for her for a long time, right? And yeah, and exactly because the the backup they use here is like very old. But then, like I said, that doesn't really matter because they pretty much put everything back in in the box, so to speak. Uh, no, no, but my point being, the reason why they stopped, I, you know, may, maybe I'm misinterpreting things, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm just mistaken, but maybe they stopped taking backups because they delisted her as a mutant. But see, that's just, that's probably the case. Yes, because you think about it, like I said, they even say in here, the early, well, see, that's still kind of weird, though, because they say the earliest backup was, like, well before that stuff. So they really, exactly. so it sounds like they stopped taking taking backs up backups of her well before uh uh m day and, and all that stuff it like it right. heavily implied that they they was like yeah this is a way early backup you know like basically from when she was still married to vision that early and before you know i guess like, before she even had the kids so you know we don't right. we don't necessarily get a time frame but basically around you know those that early time right yeah yeah marvel's rubber band timeline gets in in the way here but right. bottom line you know <sighs> Whether or not they're able to reform not just the character of Scarlet Witch, but her characterization right. and her power set and all this other stuff in one issue, let's see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be a tall order, but at the same time, we, you know, I don't know. Wanda's history has always been confusing. I don't know if this is going to just do anything to cement that and whether she's going to be, well, she's going to be in a better place, I would hope, in some aspects. Overall, we don't necessarily know how she's going to come out of it, but they're trying. With you know, like I said, the only thing we could do is just wait and see how they do and what they do with it. You know, and like I said, during the, in the, in the eyes of some people during in the universe, like no, nah, she's still she's still wandering from back in the day. She's like, yeah, she's gone through some, she's had some problems, but she's still hurling. She's still on the side of good. It's just that she's also had this, this other very heavy package on her. You know, that is. Uh, kind of crack that shell. So, like I said, as, like I said, until we get to this next issue, we don't really know because this issue went... I don't want to even say bonkers because that's probably a little, little too much to say about it, but it... Yeah, that's a bit much, but yeah, it was a little wild. Yeah, so... Definitely a little wild. All right, so I think we can get to rapid fire and we'll cover uh, the last two weeks of books that we have mm-hmm. uh, rapid fire style. 
So let me scroll up because I did not type out all my credits. So I'm going to get my books ready. And once I get that queued up, I'm going to spin the minigun along with Jesse the Body Ventura. Here we go, rapid fire. I ain't got time to bleed. All right, let's take it from the top one more time. <laughs> All righty, so uh, I guess I'll lead off. Sure. All right, so uh, my first book is Amazing Spider-Man number 79. Let me see if I can get the... Oh, I have the wrong book up. I, I had number I'm, 80 up. I'm going to say, in this case, can we do both books? Both. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to do 79 absolutely. and 80. Right, did you read both of them? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> let me get the credits for 79. And I think the credits for 80 are only subtly different. Um, yeah, only subtly different. So Amazing Spider-Man number 79 is written by Cody Ziegler with art by Michael Dowling. Jesus Abertov is on colors. And VC's Joe Caramagna, our favorite Paisan, is on letters. It is the same creative team for number 80 except for... Jesus Obertov is assisted on colors by Eric Arseniega on number 80. So, in 79, we have, uh, you know, a, a, an introduction of some characters who we will find, who we will meet again later on in issue number 80. But, uh, you know, we do get a check-in with uh, Peter and his condition. Ben Riley uh, basically uh, goes off the grid to the beyond corporation in order to do that and gets into some hot water with the beyond people with his handlers. Um, he gets suckered into a trap though. It's a trap. Where is Admiral Akbar when you need him? But uh, you know, we are doing rapid fire here, so it's okay. So he gets suckered into a trap and gets, um, darted. And I'm like, wait a second. Aren't you wearing like this super fancy, you know, a uh, costume that can prevent, you know, uh, lots of different injuries and whatnot. And now all of a sudden it's getting ripped up by an explosion. Right. You know, not only that, because it's being, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, excuse me, but not only that, but it got perforated by, by some darts, which you would think, you know, the suit would have prevented it. Well, I guess it, it did try to prevent it, but still couldn't and got through to him and started having him tripping. Right. I'm like, wait a second. He was protected from freaking uh, cosmic radiation by X-ray. Mm -hmm. And it couldn't protect him from darts from Craven the Hunter? Are you <laughs> kidding me with this? I'm sorry, folks. You know, I was a bit incredulous when I was reading this. So, yeah. you know, and this is Craven's son. Right. It's not the OG Craven. The OG Craven is long dead, even though he has been brought back a couple times. This is the son of Craven of Sergey Cravenoff. I'm not sure what his name is, but uh, it seems to me that the son that this version of Craven the Hunter thinks this is Peter Parker, and thinks that Peter Parker has become beholden to the behold the Beyond Corporation, and is basically uh, uh, speaking at him like, "Hey, man, you are a sellout." <laughs> and we don't know I don't know why you sold out to the big corporation and right. just to trap you I knew all I had to do was target one of these uh corporate bigwigs that you that uh that you would come to protect and you know you walked right into my trap 
So, and th- and there's a couple of things. So I kind of question whether he actually knew whether that was the... Well, I mean, obviously that... I don't know if he... Kn- I guess he has fought... Has he fought Ben Riley before? The, or the no, OG Craven? Yeah, I don't remember. No idea. So that's why I was kind of wondering... I wondered for like a brief second, I was like, what, does he actually know whether this is the original? Well, I mean, to him, it probably doesn't really matter, honestly. So it's it's it, it's irrelevant. But I was like, I kind of wonder if he knew that wasn't the actual, that, that wasn't um, Peter, Peter, basically. Yeah. But like I said, I doubt there was any way for him to know or care. So, but anyway, go for it. Go on. All right, so you know we move on to issue eighty, and and as I said earlier, we kind of catch up with some of the characters that we were introduced to uh, from the Beyond Corporation, where uh, Spidey gets um, where where Ben Riley that is, <laughs> call him Spidey, where Ben Riley gets uh, gets dragged <laughs> by uh, Craven, and um, uh, you know he basically uh, uh, fights him off. Craven beats a hasty retreat because we know that's not the last we're going to see of him. And what we get at the end of this issue is a little bit of a tie-in to recent issue to uh, the most recent issue of Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Yes, indeed. Anything um, else? Um, I'm trying to remember if there, if there actually was. So, um, oh no! There's the ending, right? There's the postscript in this yes, issue. Yes, there we go. That's right. what it was. Because we do, as, as, as I told Roddy Cat, they would do. You're right, and you were right. They're going to tease us along. They're going to lay breadcrumbs. They're going to just tease us along for people who are looking to see how they're going to bring Peter Parker back. Mm-hmm. And they put just enough in here to keep us coming back for more. And that is the postscript pages. Those are the, you know, that story is in the postscript pages of this book. Right. Where May Parker is going to seek aid. And if you have been reading solicitations, I knew exactly what was going to happen. But I was still very disappointed that this is where she was going for aid. Yeah, but at the same time, where else was she going to go? So two things about that. Um, yeah, so one that's gonna that's gonna get taken up in the uh, the next point five issue, basically, which is eighty mm-hmm. point bay, uh, and I think that's probably next week. I, who knows? Even though, um, and um, if if folks don't know, Aunt May and Doc Ock. Oops, spoiler. Uh, oh yeah, he tried to put a ring on it. Oh, there's a Bay reference. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> hey, uh, you did that one. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, go on. But yeah, so that so so we're going to see more on that particular part of this uh, uh, situation. Uh, in that issue, so we'll probably be talking about it there. And like Age of Seventy said, we will be uh, uh, carrying on with the, the Miles part of the equation as they tease at the, the the last part of the main uh, the the main story in the next issue. Uh, and I believe that it was actually it, outside of the fact that um, like yeah, the folks was getting handed. So okay, wait, that was the one part of, about both of these. It was like so. 
I'm curious, what the hell is Craven trying to get out of this? Like, I, I get the whole corporate sellout thing and just like, yeah, we're going to be reformed and, re, you know, we're going to get cleansed by fire and all this stuff. So I'm like, what are you getting out of this? <laughs> like, that seems It was strange. very weird. Yeah. Like, that seems strange. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you... You're basically helping him in a way, in, in your own crazy way? It was very weird because, you know... It's not exactly, you know, Craven's last hunt here. Right. You know, because that's what it's reminiscent of, you know, with the drugging and whatnot. But it's not like he's trying to take over the spider's life. Right. Yeah, he's not yeah, he's you not know? gonna get the suit off of him and take it and and, and put it on for himself like a skin. Yeah. So, so it was very <sighs> pointless as part of the is 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 part of the you know, one one part of uh, the explanation. Thing. Yeah, one could say that for sure. Unless it's going to come back in some kind of way, some somewhere else. I still don't know how and why. But anyway. I don't. That's an excellent question. Yeah, it's but, an excellent, excellent question. All right, so I am looking for where is my copy of Death of Doctor Strange? Did I not pull this? Oh, maybe I didn't. It looks like I read it, but I, I didn't put it into my uh, my app here. Mm-hmm. Did you read this? Yes, I did. All right. Death of Doctor Strange number three. That's easy enough. I can just pull this up right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this issue is written by Jed McKay with art by Lee Garbett. Colors by Antonio Fabella and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So what we get here is, you know, we open with um, some interesting uh, backstory. One, we get uh, the autopsy that's being performed by doctors Jane Foster and Dr. Stephen Strange on Strange, uh, the um, earlier version of Dr. Stephen Strange, on the current day version of Dr. Stephen Strange which is obviously creepy. We also get a little bit of, um, of, uh, oh my God, why, why is this term, uh, escaping me? Um, exposition. We get tons of exposition from Clea who, who is explaining exactly what is happening and what everyone is running from, what, what, uh, all these magical, uh, beings are fleeing from and taking refuge on earth. And it's funny that uh, they would come to Earth because Earth, you know, one of the theories that's posited is that Earth is famous for repelling any and all threats. So if they're going to run anywhere, they're going to run to Earth so that the Earth's defenders can take care of this per- the three mothers and the peregrine uh, child. You know, talk about a funky name, Jed McKay. Yeah, indeed. So uh, all right, I'm, I'm I'm flipping through this. So we get a little bit of uh, a reunion of sorts between Doctor Strange and Clea because Clea in a previous well Doctor Strange in a previous uh, volume of uh, Doctor Strange had wiped Clea's memory, his memory of has wi- had wiped his memory of Clea, and uh, I think had wiped Clea's memory as well if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe, no, I believe he just wiped, because of the deal he made with Mephisto, he wiped her memory of him and everything they went through, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not, I can't remember if his, if he did his memory the same way, but definitely hers, of him. 
Right. That sounds that sounds that that sounds like it. That yeah. sounds like a, a a deal with the devil, right? Right. And uh, you know what we find out is that uh, there's two. Uh, two parallel stories happening at the end of the issue where uh, the, uh, the the ghost or the uh, the specter of Doctor Strange, that's really what it is. This past Doctor Strange is uh, more than an astral projection, but less than a full corporeal uh, human being. And uh, the, the team of Wong, Clea, and this past Doctor Strange are looking to uh, track down Baron Mordo because it seems like he has uh, made off with the uh, with the Eye of Agamotto or Agamotto and the Cloak of Levitation. Meanwhile, the three mothers are on the hunt for more prey for the Peregrine Child, and this is happening. These two stories are happening in parallel over the last uh, several pages of this book. I think this series is five issues long, but I could be wrong. I believe you're right. So, so we have two more issues left to see who is going to take up the mantle of uh, the Sorcerer Supreme. But the uh, but the ripple effect of the death of Doctor Strange is being seen in all books except for books that have not yet caught up uh i.e or eg black panther number one and that's where we saw that's where i saw she hope yes right no yeah strange strange shows up at the 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 front the the beginning of um right of uh, black panther number one Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to think if um maybe daredevil Okay. Hasn't caught up yet, but uh, I don't think Roddy Cat read that uh, no. issue this week. But in, in any event, that's how Death of Doctor Strange number three ends up. Do you have anything to add? Uh, no. I'll, the only thing I just have to say, add to that is like, man, uh, Ghost of Strange is, was a smooth talking Joker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was, he was he was kind of flowery in his language to, to Clea, and, and and it was like it, it was it was kind of working on her. <laughs> Definitely, definitely, definitely. All right, next up for me is Thor number 19. This is by, for I'm scrolling, this is again by Donny Cates with art by Nick Klein and, uh, oh, I just passed the credits page. Colors by Matt Wilson and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So this is the opening issue of a new arc called God of Hammers. And uh, a lot of the issues of Thor just prior to this have involved Thor not being able to work with Mjolnir the way he is used to working with it. And, you know, we get a little bit of a recap of several of the events of uh, Thor, including the Aaron run over the first several pages of this issue. So if you're looking for a place to jump on, this is actually a decent first issue to jump on because uh, you will catch up on most of you will get caught up on the status quo of Thor and Mjolnir in the first several pages of this book. So it's actually not a bad jumping on point. I would actually recommend for anyone who's looking to catch up on Thor to read this issue because it's actually really good for that purpose. Uh, 
but getting back to this this whole god of hammers thing we're 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 going to see how this develops and ultimately what thor is doing is trying to recruit uh his uh family members and recruit as the king of asgard his uh chief of spies and uh that has been uh, that has been revealed to be not loki but throg uh simon walterson and uh, at the end of this issue, uh, we have a mystery that Thor and Odin are going to try to solve. And last for last week is X-Men number five. Did you read this? Uh, you know what? No, I didn't get a chance to. Oh, so I won't spoil too much. Um, X-Men number five is written by Jerry Duggan with Art by Javier Pina and Zay Carlos. Colors by Eric Arseniega. And letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So we have a little bit of um, uh, a, a story uh, at the beginning that finds... I think it's a continuation of the last issue where the Reavers have uh, been... <coughs> have been updated. You know, they're not necessarily the Reavers that we know from the Sylvestri era of the X-Men, but um, more so the Reavers that we have seen in the pages of, I want to say Marauders, where lots of mercenaries have been upgraded with uh, cybernetic technology to, uh, to help them counteract, which is, you know, the, uh, the classic, uh, 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 a trope for uh, the Reavers. They're upgraded with cybernetic technology and weapons so that they can better uh, take on uh, mutant powers. And what we find here at, uh, at the beginning of this issue is that we get a little bit of a backstory on Polaris and how she actually did not want to join this latest version of the X-Men. And there's a little bit of um, backstory here as well as an interesting way for Polaris to kind of prove her mettle and her place on this current iteration of the X-Men team. Uh, at the end of the issue, though, is where uh, several ongoing plot lines are picked up. One involving Ben Urick, the reporter, who we've seen in the pages of uh, Daredevil and Spider-Man and now is doing some investigative reporting on the X-Men. And, uh, you know, there is a figure lurking in the shadows that we have seen hints of over the last several uh, issues of X-Men. Ben Yurick in the uh, uh, 616 is not dead, and hopefully they bring Ben Yurick back because uh, Netflix Daredevil is, and Netflix Punisher is not continuity. So hopefully we do see Ben Yurick in the MCU at some point. And that is uh, X-Men number five. And that finishes up my books for last week. Okay. Do you want to rectify yours? Um, I was about to say, do your this week's. All right. So December 2nd, so we did amazing, or December 1st, uh, we did amazing Spidey number 80 and Avengers number 50. Next up is Daredevil number 36. It's written by Chip Zdarsky with pencils by Manuel Garcia, uh, inks by Cam Smith, Scott Hanna, and one second, Victor Nava. Colors are by Marcio Meniz. 
and Brian Valenza, and I will tell you who the letterer is in a second. Yep. See, because I'm clicking between several windows here. The colors are by, oh no, wait, colors are by Marcio Meniz and uh, Brian Valenza. Letters are by VC's Clayton Cowles. That's what I was looking for. So, surprise, surprise. This is actually the last issue of this volume of Daredevil. And I don't know if you're surprised. I'm not because I had heard this from uh, Chip Zdarsky on a couple of podcasts because they're going to be picking up the Daredevil story in Devil's Reign. Right. A limited series that's about to come out. So uh, in this issue, we have the resolution of a couple of uh, storylines that have been ongoing in this volume of Daredevil. Namely, number one is finally, finally, Matthew Murdock, uh, a.k.a. Daredevil, has been released from lockup. He's finally out of prison and he's sporting um, an Infinity War Captain America beard. Which is kind of amusing to me. Hmm. Meanwhile, right. Meanwhile, we get the uh, we get we we have um, the parallel story that's being told in this issue is the impending nuptials. I don't know if you know about this, Roddy Cat. I just said uh, something about this earlier. Of one Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. the mayor of New York City and, and kingpin of crime. And Typhoid Mary. So, uh, you know, while, while Matt Murdock is uh, reacquainting himself with um, Electra at the, uh, at the, you know, with the disappointment of Kirsten McDuffie. You know, you got to love uh, Matt Murdock. He, he has a way with the ladies, man. You know, he definitely has a way with the ladies, you know, because uh, eventually he does make his way back to Electra. Uh, you know, some of the storylines that have been uh, uh, weaving their way through this book do get some resolution here. As I said earlier, the other one being um, Daredevil's uh, stance on his mission and what he's looking to do with, uh, I guess, his, his, his uh, you know, what got him into jail in the first place and how he's treating uh, his, his, his war on crime and how he's going about it now with a partner in Electra, who is reforming herself somewhat, at least for now, and uh, not killing and kind of abiding by Daredevil's code. We actually get a guest appearance by uh, Mr. Fantastic in this issue to talk about how, you know, we don't want, they don't want a, a redux of the Superhero Registration Act. And, uh, you know, they, they're not looking to, and kind of warning Daredevil from kind of uh, forcing people down that path again. Um, where we end in this issue, though, is what, may become the impetus of devil's reign and what uh we're going to see uh come out of that so whether or not that's the downfall of uh the kingpin as the mayor of new york city remains to be seen that seems to be where we're going but uh we'll see 
this week, uh, Death of Doctor Strange, White Fox number one. Did you read this? I did. It's written by Alyssa Wong with art by Andy Tong and Luciano Vecchio. Colors are by Arif Prianto and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So in the wake of the death of Doctor Strange, as I, as we said earlier, the ripple effect has been felt in several books. Uh, none, you know, none feel it more strongly than the actual tie-in books, the death of Doctor Strange tie-in issues. These, this particular issue involves uh, several of the characters that revolve around the White Fox. Uh, namely, um, the agents of Atlas and, oh, what is their name? I totally forgot Tiger their Division. name. Tiger Division, thank you. I was about to say the Korean superheroes. So, uh, because there actually is some cross uh, pollination between these two groups because um, uh, White Fox and Luna Snow are members of both. So, a uh, long story short, the Tiger Division and Agents of Atlas, not working together, but uh, working. Uh, in con- well, basically working against the forces of magical creatures that have been unleashed at, in the wake of the death of Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, as these two groups uh, are, are fighting things off, they uh, eventually come to a point where uh, the White Fox breaks off and rejoins uh, some of the members of the agents of Atlas and ultimately cho- they choose to um, address something that uh, let's just say the white fox is suspected of something happening and she's out to clear her name and the sword ma- and swordmaster goes with her and in the wake of this particular action swordmaster goes down and is thought to be lost. And what we suspect is that this is going to lead to this character becoming a version of Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. And we are not surprised that this is happening uh, to Swordmaster now. Um, but that is the crux of this issue. We also have a development for White Fox in that her powers are developed and boosted in this issue, uh, basically having her powers become, she's manifesting her powers in full now, as opposed right. to what she was doing before. Right. Perfect white Fox. One would say not, not really, but, um, so two things, um, like you just haven't said, yes. Uh, sword master is, is supposed, well, probably three things, I guess at the point, but they'll, they'll come together. Uh, we're, we're seeing that. Yes. There the new version of Iron Fist might be coming out of this as, as being speculated. And it looks like that's the case um, because of the fact, and I do, this is a spoiler for this issue, but uh, I feel like agent 70 will appreciate the reference. Um, uh, sword masters uh, sword joins the ranks of uh, caps shield and me I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, there is that. And the other thing is, this, I was reading this issue got me kind of wondering because having re-watched uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings recently, it kind of made me think about the fact that, hey, wait, 
there's a nine there were nine tail foxes that showed up in that movie. I wonder if uh white fox could have been um could somehow be introduced coming from that like some kind of way now granted her situation is kind of different because she's like the last of her kind and we saw a bunch of them in that movie but still something like that could happen you know what's wild is that we're talking about two different uh two different uh Asian mythologies. True, but obviously there's cross pollination. Exactly. But it's still like uh, it's still somehow somehow some kind of way that could I feel like they could blend the two and, and make this make that a thing and introduce White Fox because of that. No, I definitely take that. I, I, I definitely take that. And I'm done. Alright, cool. Uh and let us move over to my books from last week. Uh, let's see. Did that, did that, did that. Uh, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, number one. So you did not... Uh, I didn't get to it. Yeah. So, not surprising, Kate Bishop has her own... I believe this is a miniseries, now that I think about it, and uh, not an ongoing series, uh, because of the fact that she's in the Hawkeye uh, Disney Plus show. So, not surprising. Uh, this is written by Marike Nishkamp. Uh, Pencils by Enid Balam, inks by Arwen Jr., color artist Brittany Peer, and letters by GBC's Joe Kamaramanga. So, you may or may not have seen the trailer for this. How can you butcher the name of our favorite Paisan? (laughs) Karamanya! Look, man. Um, Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Anyway. (laughs) Um... So yeah, so the good thing about this, if you did not know that much about Kate Kate Bishop, um, there's a little bit. Well, it doesn't really give her her backstory, but it does give her a little bit of catch up on her current status um, uh, at this at this point. Uh, that being said, like she she ends up um, well, I guess in the midst of a road trip to New York cause, cause, um, because she was kind of hesitant because as folks may or may not know um, Kate Bishop was based out of LA for a good while matter of fact since the um, Hawkeye the Matt Fraction uh, uh, David Aha run she's been pretty mm-hmm. much in and out of uh, LA uh, e- including up until the most recent um, series of uh, West Coast Adventures uh, but now this book finds her kind of going back east because I guess there's kind of a young adventure, Avengers uh, almost reunion kind of going on. She was kind of hesitant to go because she was had a case. And this case is kind of taking her to this resort where we come to find out. And I don't know if this is a new thing or something that was already established that I wasn't really aware of. But apparently she has a sister. And this case is taking her to this resort that is helping her sister out uh, and hijinks ensue. I almost thought the circus of crime was involved in it. That still may yet bear out because of a couple of um, people that show up, but doesn't look like that may or may not be the, the may be the case. But we also see at the end of this, uh, the hand of a, a, a figure that may sinisterly um, be a problem for Kate and maybe possibly her sister. Maybe it's her mom. We don't know. Maybe it's Madame Mask again because we do know she's had runs in the That's pretty much where my, my money is on that, but we will see. Uh, Iron Man, number 14. Uh, I did read this. I just didn't list it on my books. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Uh, 
not a problem. Uh, so we're basically getting a, uh, uh, well, excuse me, uh, written by Christopher Cantwell, not the racist, art by Kafu with Angel, uh, <laughs> Angel Unzet Unzueta, uh, color artist Frank Darmada, letters by BC's Joe Caramagna. Um, so basically, we know as of uh, last issue, Tony and um, Korvac got, I guess, swallowed up by some machination of the power cosmic in in um, in uh, Galactus's ship, and I guess this is him going through the manif- not necessarily going through the manifestation of it, but I guess somehow it's a mind trip that his justified in um i guess him kind of coming into the powers without actually showing it because he does he spends this whole issue kind of on a, on a head trip and talking to himself and monologuing and it's it's kind of weird um weirder still yeah, that's it's a, a journey yeah, it's, it's a weird journey because i think uh, 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 just allow me to, sure, to interject one point you know i think what they uh, uh, what they with one of the goals here with the power cosmic thing is to kind of put Tony back together again. Right. Because he had been so injured and that had been such a, a prime plot point throughout this, uh, you know, this run of Iron Man. So they basically allowed him to heal himself in this issue. And, to, you know, and they actually showed it. He's like, you know what? I'm going to put myself back together. Right. And, you know, in parallel, Korvac is essentially doing the same thing. Right. Um, and to put it into some sort of perspective, but it is actually happened. There was, I would want to believe this is the case. There's a brand new day reference, like spoken out, uh, at the, near the end of the book. Interesting. Go back. Yeah. Cause the, the words brand new day definitely show up. And I was like, is that really the same, uh, a similar reference to that, to that event? Or you just, you know. You just had to slide that in there. But regardless, that that's pretty much the gist of this whole thing. And then at the end of it, um, we get to see the suit that's on the uh, cover. Uh, right. Watching the video version. Uh, and yes, we'll get to, to see him use it <laughs> next issue. Um, and also, weirdly enough, because I believe between either this week or last week, Iron Man has been in books. Uh, and a matter of fact, one book where I believe probably takes place prior to this but still he's still on the space mission because i think he comes in through a video call or something like that that might have been oh yeah i think that was avengers now that i think about it where it looks like he may or may not be on a video call a holographic call but it was pretty much right before this issue happens because he's still in his old suit or his old right. suit so they, I assume at some point they're going to catch up with, with this at some point because we know we've seen a couple of books where Iron Man has shown up and still hasn't really caught up to this point yet, which quite naturally, you know, I guess they're waiting for this and then... The, well, they're ahead of the... You know, it's funny. Avengers right. is ahead of this. Right. Wait, you mean... Yeah. Avengers is a, is ahead of this Iron Man story. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Avengers yeah, yeah, yeah. 50? Yeah, they were, they, you know, remember that whole... Uh, that sequence where they talk about getting new blood and but that's, they talk that's about, the part I'm talking the... about right yeah 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 and that was the part I'm, I'm referring to mm-hmm. so but like I said it just hasn't caught, caught cut back around to to or the rest of the universe I guess hasn't really caught back up to even though we've seen Ben Riley's back on Earth and he's Spider Man now but that's you know still you know things with things anyway right. uh, that's Iron Man fourteen 
Uh, last before last week is Robin number eight. Um, I enjoyed this issue actually. Uh, written by Joshua Williamson, uh, art by Gleb Melnikov and Max Dunbar. Colors by Hi-Fi. Uh, lettering by ALW's Troy Pateri. Go ahead. I read this too. No worry about spoiling it. Okay, cool. So, um. To, to put it in layman's terms, it's a whole, it's a slobber knocker. <laughs> because shout out to Jr. Exactly. Um, so it's down to the last two two uh, combatants in this in this um, kind of Mortal Combat ish type t- uh, tournament, and it's down to Damon and Connor Hawk. Um, they they fight again. It goes to a place, but then the turn happens, um, and something else presents itself. Um, uh, tournament wise that kind of comes into play and Damon uh, and probably who else ends up uh, still being around after this issue uh, after what happened at the end of this issue uh, is the case uh, right. has to deal with interestingly we get a clear cut winner we do <laughs> we do interestingly get a enough I, I thought they, they might leave that vague but right. no Williamson was like nope there is a clear winner here right we, and a winner and a loser at that. Not a reason, not yeah. a, uh, because yes, yeah, because it's apparently the winner lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless of the one on one battle that Roddy Cat was just talking about, there is a clear winner. Right. Unless that something happens, you know, uh, in the next issue that, um, or in the next couple of issues that, that kind of does them against that, which wouldn't be surprised, then there is that. All right, that's it for last uh, week. This week's is uh, boop, boop, boop. Magic, Master of Metal number one. I believe I talked about or alluded to this book um, a couple of weeks back. Uh, because I believe it is a spinoff of an event. I don't know if it's going to be an event, but um, something off of the uh, the Magic the Gathering main book uh, from, from uh, Boom. Uh, that this is coming off of. It is written by Marguerite Scott and letters by Egg Dukeshire. And there's some couple other people on this, but I'm um, not really going to go into all of those names. And I didn't really honestly finish the whole book. Cause I think there's a couple more backstories that I didn't, didn't get to, but the main stuff are, is, um, uh, there's a character. If you know, your magic, the gathering, there's this character of a uh, Tesseract and that this revolves around. And, uh, I guess his, involvement with uh well one his musings and his involvement with the whole Marit large large thing that is going on in the main book and um i believe this is kind of coming off of that there are mentions of uh, a couple other magic together and characters such as jace balarin strix havens being mentioned with that's a more fairly new uh thing in yeah in magic together and parlant lore uh, Liliana shows up because I believe that's one of the other, the only other people that hasn't show, shown up in this point, with the exception of probably a half a dozen other people. But we, you know, when we're going to that, so the whole thing is pretty much um, surrounded by this character and what he's what he's been getting into and musing about his status um, in the multiverse. So, like I said, if you are a fan of uh, of Magic Together, give it a give it a look see. Marauders number twenty six is next up. Did you read? You didn't uh, get a chance to read this. I did not get a, re- a chance to read this. All right, so I'm just going to say three words. Well, actually, technically like five, but 
Iceman versus Fin Fang Foom. <laughs> that is the crux of this issue. Granted, there are some other things that are going on in, in here, uh, such as there's been there's been another resurrection uh, and uh, and um, and another plot that had been not necessarily a plot, it was kind of a side plot that had come up a few issues back dealing with um an old member of the hellfire club um that um has is now back in the scene and has a new uh new uh new job and mm-hmm. uh, another part of the subplot which i won't go re- get into that got brought up and apparently they just kind of go ahead and here you go that's that uh going on here but like i said Iceman versus fin fan foon okay enough said which, like I said, that while that does take up a good bit of it, like that's kind of the other stuff that I said prior to the uh, outside of that kind of ends up taking precedent. But that's the that's the part of the um, story that would that would get folks. So I enjoyed reading reading it regardless. I get it. Uh, Wonder Girl. Oops, Wonder Girl number five. Come on, you can stay with me here. There we go. Bing. Um, written by Joel Jones, art by Adriana Mello, colors by Jody Bear-Lair, uh, letters by Pat Brousseau. So, uh, after the events of last issue, um, um, Yara, all I'm just going to say is Yara is causing havoc on, uh, Olympus because of, of a choice that she made, because she didn't make a choice that some, that some other people wanted her to make. Uh, and which causes you know some things to kind of go go um a little side well not necessarily sideways but just just cause some playful havoc on uh on Mount Olympus. Um to what end we're not entirely sure but I'm guessing we're going to get into that uh next issue or two. Uh on the other side of that, Cassie Sandsmark, um the the other Wonder Girl, I'm not sure what she's being called nowadays, um, who's been a part of this book with uh, Artemis uh, well, Autumn is gone because uh, she left, but uh, she meets uh, someone from this other group of Amazons who may or may not be who I believe is related to Yara um, as far as her the grouping is concerned. But this group of Amazons are basically setting up the wage war on Them- Themyscira. Um, <laughs> as she comes to find out, but she was so excited about meeting these uh, meeting these folks that you know. They, they didn't really. She didn't really get into that until that happened, and we come to find out this group has uh, employed another former Wonder Girl. Um, you know, long time DC people probably know who this is, so I don't necessarily have to say uh, into helping them with their uh, battle. And again, you know, we find this out at the end of the issue, so I guess we'll find out what's going on with that, and possibly what this whole, you know, what this whole thing is, is uh, going into because we know there's a, a big Wonder Woman event that's coming up it might be coming into that I'm not entirely sure but it seems to be leading up to something oh let's see and actually that's pretty much it because I, I've read a couple of uh, a few other books but we're not going to go into that for time's sake uh, cool but, that was, uh, but that's pretty much it for me because we've run through all the other books that uh, Agent 70 and I uh, read to separately so together so that being said, clicks of the week. Yeah. 
So we do have one click of the week for from both weeks, actually, from Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said for last week was Hulk number one, because, uh, no, well, because. Uh, and for this week, he has Avengers number 50. So, yeah. Both, um, both pretty good um, picks, I would say. Can't necessarily go wrong with either one of those picks. Uh, but that is pretty much the only one we got. So, what you you got yours? Uh, I would say that for last week, I'm a little in between. I definitely did like that Hulk number one. Mm-hmm. I also liked Thor number nineteen mm-hmm. uh, because it's you know it, it was such a great uh, opening issue for this arc. Um, so I'm a little bit torn between those two. For this week, it's a little easier because. While I enjoyed Fantastic Four number 38, I thought that the art was just a little off-putting in that. Uh, you know, X-Men, The Trial of Magneto number four was just a little too wild for me. Um, and again, the art I thought was just a little loose on Daredevil number 36 because I was so used to um, Marco Caquetto on Daredevil. But then we know that he's drawing the Devil's Reign stuff, which is why he's not – why he didn't draw this particular issue. So, you know, I thought that was a pretty strong uh, ending to this particular run of Daredevil, this volume of Daredevil um, for this week. So I think what I'm going to do is for last week, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Thor number 19, but Hulk number one was very close. And for this week, I'm going to uh, second uh, Tim Dog 98 and say Avengers number 50 uh, slash 750. Okay, all right. Again, not a bad way to go. Not a bad way to go. Um, For myself, for last week, I'm going to go with Robin number eight. Because uh, that was just a, a fun uh, fun issue, you know, d- despite some craziness in the end. Oh, you you filling that in? Okay, cool. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and for this, actually, no, I'm not going with Avengers for this week. Uh, even though it was good, um, that Marauders, I thought, 26 was a really good issue. I'm kind of leaning between that and uh, Fantastic Four, honestly, for this week. Despite the art, the, the, you know, um, I didn't have the same issues with the art as um, uh, uh, Age of 70. I did notice it. But like I said, it wasn't mm-hmm. really that much to, to kind of take me out of it, right? I, you know, I'm just being. I'll, I'll give Roddy Cat a little cover to to make his decision. Um, I would just say that it just felt a little loose to me. Mm-hmm. Just you know, it's one of those things where I notice it if it feels a little loose. I f- it feels a little too uh, rushed, mm-hmm. you know, and. And, and, and it's weird because we don't get that feeling that often nowadays because of the um, advances in coloring. Mm. I think a lot of the digital coloring really covers up much of the pencil work that could be deemed as rushed. But, you know, when, when it doesn't, that's when you really notice. Right, right. And, and to your credit, you are a little bit more art-minded or at least art I don't want to say focus, but you you pay attention to it probably a little bit more than I do. Yeah, no, no, that's absolutely true. So, 
Um, so I, yeah, so I understand why you would, it would, uh, you would notice a little bit more than, than I would. Like I said, I have definitely noticed some art, art, art problems in the past, but it would have to be something like really, really glaring to make me kind of fall <laughs> to take me out of the book. Right. Uh, or at least enough in certain cases, you know, to, right. Uh, enough to be distracting. Right. Right. The, the, the level of distraction is, you know, for, for it to rise to that level is a little lower for me, you know? Right. So, uh, hmm. I really want eight to seven to read that Marauder's book just for that, just to see what he says. Um, but I think I'm actually, uh, listen, uh, it's on my physical pull. When I pick up my physical pull this weekend, I'll probably read it. Right. Like I said, I don't want to hype it up too, too much, but, but, uh, like I said, I, I I did kind of, uh, listen, all you have to say was Iceman versus Finn. (laughs) Jesus. That's just insane. Yes, indeed. Like we're going to wrap up a little too late tonight for me to read it here with our preview copies. But you know, like I said, my, my physical pull copy is literally waiting for me to pick up. So I will uh, get that and, uh, you know, read it over the weekend. Right. You know what? Screw it. Like I said, I, I enjoyed, um, yeah, I'm going to go with it, actually. Marauders number 26. I it did and definitely enjoy uh, the way that Fantastic Four 38 was going, but, um, um, and like I said, that's still, there's still more to come with that one. Um, right. It's the first of, uh, we presume, two issues. Yeah. You know, at the very least. Which is still- right. So we, we'll see what, what, how that turns out. Uh, but check it out either way. All right, folks, that is that. And that is the end of the books for this week. Uh, we're going to get into the news. But first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we start off as we do uh, each week with the cinematic news. First up, Delroy Lindo joins Mahershala Ali in Marvel Studios Vampire Adventure, a.k.a. Blade. Um, Deborah Lindo, who, you know, as uh, some folks may have just seen in The Heart of Day Fall, is in final negotiations, which, by the way, you should because it's really good, uh, is in final no- negotiations to join Mahershala Ali and the Marvel Studios Blade, as said. Uh, Basam Tariq, known, best known for, uh, known for directing the rap drama uh, Mogul Mowgli, is in the director chair for the vampire-centric adventure thriller. With uh, Stacey Osei Kofor, uh, who worked on the Watchmen series, uh, behind the keyboard on script duties. So I was talking to somebody about this and now I suspect, and I don't, don't think this, uh, this article says who he's going to play, but I'm kind of wondering if he's going to play Whistler. 
I mean, he could very well be a bad guy. We don't know. It's, just, it's, not, it's not something there. Because I was because I was talking to somebody, like I said, and I was thinking, like, well, I wonder if they get Wesley Snipes in some capacity, maybe they could have him as Whistler. Um, but that you know, none of that is none of that's you know, that's just kind of me spe- kind of speculating. Their Orlando also could do it. But also he could play a bad guy or do whatever else. So we don't know what like I said, I don't it definitely doesn't say here what's um what um what he's uh what he's going to be. So we'll see if that comes to pass and uh well we know it's coming to pass, but we'll see as what is going to happen with him and what character he plays. Next up. Next up Principal photography has wrapped on Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Director Peyton Reed, who he- who has helmed all three films in the franchise thus far, broke the news on Twitter along with the announcement he shared some art of the Wasp riding on Giant-Man's head or a small version of Wasp on regular-sized Ant-Man's head by Mark James Hiblin. There's more than a year before the film hits theaters because of Marvel Studios uh, pushing back its entire slate. Uh, it's going to receive. It's going to see the return of Paul Rudd, Scott Lang, Evangeline Lilly's Hope Van Dyne, Michael Douglas's Hank Pym, and Michelle Pfeiffer's Janet Van Dyne. A number of supporting characters are also expected to return, but we won't see Ti, nor will we see Judy Greer's Maggie Lang. Um, we're going to obviously get. You know, it's been announced already. We're going to get Jonathan Majors as Kang. In this movie, so that's going to be a big deal. He's going to serve as the primary villain. So let's uh, look forward to more uh, news on uh, Quantum Mania as things go forward. Yes, what you're going to do when Quantum Mania runs wild on you, brother? Exactly. Spider Man. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take both of these, uh, these or this one and the next one. Spider Man No Way Home confirms exactly when tickets go on sale. Guess what, folks? At this point, they've already been on sale. If you did not know that at this point, um, I don't know what to tell you because this was this was from a week ago and we were not here. So uh, and um, going on, uh, Spider Man No Way Home swings to record advanced ticket sales as movie theaters keep wary eye on Omicron variant. Uh, because there is a new variant of uh, COVID nineteen that's been going around, and apparently, uh, right. I'm, I'm glad that Roddy Cat pronounced it correctly and did not call it the Omarion variant because <laughs> you know, one, of, one of the side effects I have is that. that it leaves you with an ice box where your heart used to be. <laughs> I, I have actually I have seen people doing that, and and there's a R and B singer named Omarion, which also people have been using for that. Uh, so that's that's pretty funny. So, <laughs> but yes, um, so yeah, t- uh, ticket sales went on sale last week. Um, uh, 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 sites got slammed the whole time. I, I, like like I told the agent seven, I believe I heard there was a fight that broke out in front of uh, 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 where some people were in line to get tickets at some place. I don't remember. Like, like I kind of saw it in glancing, and I was like, that's so silly. Um, so if that was the case, but yeah, apparently she. Ticket sales have been good, and uh, as um, Agent Seventy said earlier, he's got his. So I got mine. So needless to say, uh, we will be going on um, um, movie protocol again in a couple of weeks. Uh, I can't believe it. it's so soon—literally two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, as well. I don't know if I'm. We'll well, we'll find out. I don't know. You know whether what, what's uh, what's going to happen with a uh, Ryder Cat in in his tickets, or if he's yeah. even going for that first week. Yeah, what's crazy is that I actually won't be getting into the first show because nowadays, I guess the first show for uh, uh, for No Way Home, the preview day is not at night. It's actually in the afternoon. The first show is going to be like in the afternoon, like three four p.m. Oh, really? Yeah, I think here it's like six. Right. That, no, there's actually going to be a couple of earlier shows. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I've noticed that they've been doing that lately because sometimes it's been like, no, nah, it's like seven or eight or or it used to be back in the day. It was like, no, nah, it's going to be a night show. And then they have been kind of creeping up to doing more earlier screenings on the on the preview day. Yeah. I don't even like know if they even call day, it that like, anymore. Yeah, I was about to say preview day for, for me, I've got. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, three theaters in the theater that I'm that I'm going to, and it's going to be three of them are going to be. You know, it's like three o'clock, three thirty, and four. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So, uh, as folks may or may not remember, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, my last outing to the movie theater was not totally pleasant, even if the movie was. So, yeah, like I said, that is that is also kind of. Um, um, uh, my thoughts are my thoughts are still kind of on that, but also like I said, this new variant of of COVID nineteen, nothing to nothing to sneeze at, and including hopefully uh, folks that I know that went to uh, Anime NYC because I believe there was a case of a person, or at least one of the the two U.S. Um, uh, sightings of that variant, one of which came from there, or from a person that that went there. So hopefully everybody. Oh, I didn't know. I was about to say I don't. I didn't know about that. But let's let's be honest. Once they find it in Europe, it's already here. Yeah, pretty much. It's just a matter of yeah. So, right. It's just a matter of time before uh, you know we find out more news about it. So right. ultimately, you know, you know whether or not our our, our vaccines are, are are effective against it, you won't know until you actually take the vaccine. So take the vaccine. And that which is better weird. Than not taking. Which supposedly, in this case, from what I just mentioned, I, from what at least from from an account that I saw in the news, the person was vaccinated and had their booster shot and still got it. Right, but so, doesn't you know, they're not hospitalized if they got symptoms? That's one thing. Right. So, so needless to say, though, that should not stop you from like you just said, get your get shots, get your booster, be careful, be safe, still be careful. Just because you have, just because you get vaccinated, doesn't mean you can't get it is the, the bottom right. line here. Uh, so you should be careful. Don't be stupid. Yes. And there are bunches of stupid people, um, uh, about, so, so don't be one of the ones that get vaccinated and still be stupid. Basically. Right. Anyway, next up, uh, Dr. Strange star sheds more light on multiverse. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. This is you. Cause I just took those last. Two oh, minutes. is it? Sorry. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, I apologize. No, no, no. I, 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 I went ahead. My fault. Doctor Strange sheds Doctor Strange star sheds more light on multiverse of madness reshoots. Benedict Cumberbatch explained the reasoning behind the reshoots for the movie uh, while speaking to Empire Magazine. He says that they were largely due to logistical issues and the restrictions placed on the film by the pandemic. Quote, we're in the middle of reshoots and we're working incredibly hard to make a schedule work to realize the full potential of the film. Bits that we want to do better, but also bits that were just impossible to do on the day because of logistics, COVID, etc. He explained, they are so delayed in production because of that. Luckily, not during production too much, although everything is just a little slower. 
That's fine. Yeah, I mean, hey, it happens. Like reshoots work, even if we were in the middle of a di- of a of a pandemic, uh, reshoots happen. So right, uh, it's, it's not that big a deal. The movie's still coming out. We're still gonna get it at some point soon. Uh, Marvel's Eternals reportedly announces Disney Plus debut date. Uh, and apparently that date is Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. So if you were looking forward to uh, watching uh, the Eternals in the comfort of your own home, that's how long you have to wait. Uh, and I believe this is pretty much on par because I can't, uh, I haven't done the math on it, but I believe this is pretty much the, the within the 45 day period as opposed to Shang-Chi, <laughs> which they kind of held off uh, until Disney Plus Day. Mm-hmm. So, there you go, folks. Um, next up. Oh, okay, wait. So, what, did they give a date on that? Yeah. Just to start January? Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, January 12th. Yeah, January 12th. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right. Spoiler alert for Eternals. If you haven't watched it yet... Um... Oh wow! I didn't know this. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's they. I feel like th- this. We'll get into it, but go ahead and just. Yeah. Right. So, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert for anyone who did not watch Eternals and is waiting for it to come out on Disney Plus on January twelfth. Um, let's just say Richard Madden's character doesn't make it out at the end of the movie, and. It's uh, confirmed here by an Eternals writer that that, in fact, is a lasting decision. Uh, no, it is a lasting, it's something that's going to last. Right. Now, given what we know uh, about the nature of the Eternals in the MCU, actually, and they that have actually come back into the comic books also, that doesn't mean that this could be permanent. Because I believe they still they still kind of have the way to bring them bring him back in the next one, and there probably will be a next one the way that the way the way it, it ended. Right, we'll so, see. Yeah. So, but yeah, apparently that one scene was was what it was. Uh, next up, though, Marvel shows in MCU timeline for Captain America's Shield, and it's been on quite a journey. So, uh, some for some reason, Marvel I guess this is like Marvel UK released. Um, a timeline involving the shield in the MCU. And it goes from the shield's creation by Howard Stark in 1943 and ends with Sam Wilson taking on the mantle of Captain America, as we have seen. So, and according to this article's writer, it's pretty cool and interesting to see the timeline all laid out like this. And and they cannot wait to see the journey of the shield to continue. So, and you can see if you're watching the video version, you can see the, uh, the post, uh, the Instagram post uh, therein. Interesting how, well, I know how they did it, but it was like, okay, it's, it's cool to see it, see it all line up. <laughs> so, anyway, that's that. Next. Next up, so one Hawkeye cast member is an actual archer in real life. It's not who you expect it is. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Uh, Vera Farmiga, who plays Eleanor Bishop on Disney Plus's Hawkeye, has revealed that she's actually a real archer. So, uh, you know, she actually loves archery, she revealed in a press conference. That's funny. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've said before, like, like I know a couple of people that, have, that are 
into archery. Um, and it's kind of something once upon a time I had had a thought about. Maybe because of outside, maybe not. No, I mean, not especially, but you know, yeah. just in, in the past. But I'm just saying, you know. I but, did it in college, so I I, I, I I shot a bow and arrow a few times. I did it in, I did it in high school, and that's why I also scraped my arm from it, because they didn't necessarily teach us how to do it. They just like, gave us a bow and arrow, and it's like, here, there's a target. Go for it. Oh, for real? Basically. Oh, wow. Like we, yeah, like yeah, it was it was a, it was a weird thing. I'm like, all right, cool, but <laughs> like they barely had even enough arm guards. But that's public schooling for you, anyway. So this is that's an interesting bit of um, uh, uh, info to, to know, even 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 if it doesn't come into any practice in the show. <laughs> uh, Hawkeye's pizza dog wheels a bow and arrow in adorable photo, and now yeah, I guess you're right. I didn't uh, see this. Because uh, this picture has uh, both of his eyes. Look at, mm. look at his good pupper. Look at his good pupper. He's like, a good boy. He is. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, uh, the animal actor behind Pizza Dog is a golden retriever. We know this name, Jolt. And she celebrated uh, Hawkeye's premiere by showing off her very own bow and arrow, which looks like a, a Minecraft bow and arrow, or at least a Minecraft bow. Um, in her mouth you can see the picture right here uh let's see the pup posts her own instagram account where she shows off her works and what she does in her free time kind of like that um the, the hawkeye series because the, the the thing was this is what hawkeye this is what clint does when he's not been in an adventure um so yeah uh let's see this is uh, like so yeah like I said, that's it there's nothing else to do just Look at the picture if you're watching the uh, the the, um, the video version, and you should sometimes, folks. Next up, oh, this is lame. This is a spoiler alert for the first two episodes of Hawkeye. So somebody spotted a teeny <laughs> tiny continuity error in the in the episode where you know we we talked earlier about how Kate Bishop was actually in. New York for the Battle of New York mm-hmm. and some of the shots don't necessarily match up with the timeline of what happens in right. uh, the Avengers movie. I'll leave it at that. Moving on. Yes, one particular shot. Actually, there was also another article that came across where somebody where somebody found an error in or in the Black Widow movie because of an item that shows up or a particular version of an item that shows up, which... Um, I would not have known, and I still wouldn't have. I still kind of don't care if I hadn't watched uh, a particular episode of the toys that made us. Um, but uh, we don't need to necessarily get into that. But I didn't put it in the lot. I just thought it was uh, bring it bring it up now. Anyway, Disney Plus removes two Marvel movies: um, uh, Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer was pulled from Disney Plus streaming library as of December first. Um, which is slightly kind of a bummer because I was actually going to rewatch that at some point, even how eventually, right? Yeah. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to actually watch the the Rise of the Silver Server because I don't think I'd ever watched that all the way through. I have, and this is not great, but oh no, yeah, especially one particular part. But part, but you know, yeah. the this in the CGU is what it is. Uh, let's see, but it's uh, removed from this content. Oh wait. Fantasy Four had actually had a pretty good surprise run on Disney as the streaming service removed it from the content library back in August, only to quietly return it just days later. 
which we might have talked about that. I don't remember. Um, so I guess it's worth noting that the last uh, Fantastic Four movie is still on there. The reboot with uh, with Michael B. Jordan and crew. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, excuse me, along with two animated series from the 90s and 2000s. So they didn't take all of the Fantastic Four off, just those first couple. Uh, with as Jessica Alba and the Commish and and uh and Captain America <laughs> and Captain America yes <laughs> and uh Kolchak cuz I think that dude did end up playing Kolchak on some TV show I don't know either way um I don't think it says why they were taking it this article does not say why it was taken off nobody so, knows why yeah so that's weird all right Anyway, maybe we'll find out later, or maybe it'll just do like what happened last time, and they'll bring it back at some point. Who knows? Weird. Next up, uh, Allison Court, who voiced Jubilee on X Men: The Animated Series, hints that the character may be recast for the reboot. It was recently announced as part of Disney Plus Day that the classic '90s show would be revived as X Men '97, and that it would premiere in 2023. Continuing the story of its predecessor, the reboot is set to be produced by Marvel Studios. Um... Several actors are supposed to return for the reboot, but it seems like Jubilee will likely be recast, hopefully with an Asian actress. Right, which I, we, when we talked about this first happening, we did mention the fact that, one, she was involved, and two, that she had said that this would possibly be the case. So basically, she's still involved with it, but just probably may not be as uh, Jubilee. Right. But we'll see uh, further down the line. One Division's Agatha All Along. Dun, 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 dun. Has been, has been nominated for a Grammy. And I believe that's not the only one uh, that has been. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Agatha All Along, the surprise uh, theme song for, for well, for One Division's surprise villain, Agatha Harkness. As, as if you don't know, you should watch One Division. It's good. Um has a Grammy nomination for Best Song Written for Visual Media for 2021. Um, WandaVision looks like it's the first television show to sneak into this category in eight years. Uh, we won't go into all of that, but I think... Oh, um, Agatha's head bopper snagged one of the three Creative Arts Emmys Awards for WandaVision back in September for original outstanding original music. Uh, and the show won for a couple of things... And no, I guess that's it then. Um, I thought it was up for a couple of mo- a couple of other Grammys, but I guess not. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Next, Venom Two unleashes the film's deleted but oddly heartwarming closing scene. So a deleted scene from Sony Pictures' Venom: Let There Be Carnage explores the love or abundant like between Venom and Eddie Brock. So, you know, this is already ahead. It's been put out ahead of the film's impending home release. So the scene already shared by Voodoo finds Eddie Brock and Venom sitting on a beach as a symbiote asks his host where they'll go when Eddie says anywhere that needs a lethal protector, I suppose. Venom excitedly replies that Eddie will need a cape and a mask. The conversation, oh, jeez, whatever. So... I'm not reading the rest of that. So uh, <laughs> anyone who enjoyed uh, Venom should tune in for that deleted scene. 
Sure. Have you watched this yet? Nope. Neither one. And it'll probably be a while. Um, Star Wars Ahsoka. I watched the first one. I haven't uh-huh. seen the second one. Yeah, I don't know. I watched the first one as a guest. So I don't know if I'm going to willingly pay for uh, Venom anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, when and or if they both get on some streaming surface or if I'm very curious enough, other means, uh, maybe. But I am not there yet. Uh, anyway, from the world of Star Wars Ahsoka, Nat- Natasha Liu, excuse me, Natasha Liu Bordizo to play Sabine Wren in Disney Plus series. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that we kind of figured something like this was going to happen, given what happened with uh, actually Eckstein. Mm-hmm. Um, given the picture that they are using for this uh, this uh, article, I'm not mad at the choice. Um, it's a it's a pretty strong look. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty you know you know I, I can't say resemblance obviously, but there's a definitely a strong look that uh, I think will translate right. And also that being said, I and I believe I said this then, uh, went and talking about this before now. Um, it, I would have loved to see Tia Sakar playing uh, Sabine Sabine in live action as she did in Rebels, but we mm-hmm. figured like again something like this would happen. But there are other places. No, I see. agree. Yeah, I. Agree. And it would be weird for them to to let her do this, and and you know, and they recast uh, Ahsoka. Um, uh, in in the first place, so that would be kind of I could see some people getting really up in arms about that if that actually happened. So, by the way, Tia Sakar, beautiful woman. Next up, though, um, oh wait, hold on a second. No, actually, that's pretty much it. Need to be said about that. Next up, Star Wars as Dave Filoni says the Ahsoka series has been in the works for years. He's been planning that. the Mandalorian spinoff story. For that long, and um, uh, he's just, he's saying he told Empire that uh, it's thrilling and that he's been working on it for uh, a while, and that the story takes place five years after the events of Return of the Jedi, much like the Mandalorian. Sure. Um, let's see here. Is there anything else that's needs to be mentioned. And I believe that also says that right after Rebels if I'm not mistaken Oh, it has to be after Rebels. Yeah, because of Because Rebels is before Jedi. Right. And what Over we know what, Yeah, and what <laughs> we already know Yeah, and what we already know to, that's possibly going to happen in the show or potentially right. could happen in the show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised that this, that this was the case that it was, he was working on this year because I believe this is his favorite character or one, you know, um, and has grown to be a lot of people's. So, yeah, like Rebels is like before um, New Hope, like roughly right. before New Hope. Yeah, it so. kind of rubs up against it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but next up. Book of Boba Fett. I'm gonna take these next two actually. Book of Boba Fett trailer shows Boba Fett Boba reclaiming his iconic ship, which has been renamed, by the way. Um, a new trailer for Disney Plus's upcoming uh, series, The Book of Boba Fett, shows uh, Boba Tamara Morrison reclaiming his iconic ship. Like I said, the ship, um, the formerly known as Slave One, has now been uh, re. re- um, 
renamed a fire spray class ship. Uh, and I'm, I don't know if it's going to be called the, the fire spray, spray, but I believe that is a class of ship that has been designated. Um, so there is that. Uh, but also, uh, in this, I believe in the same trailer, it teases the bounty hunters escape from the Sarlacc pit, which is a, a, a moment that we've pretty much all been curious. Well, a lot of people, fans of uh, Boba Fett specifically, have been curious Yeah, they've about. imagined, right. Yes. Everyone's imagined it. So, Well, actually, Let's... I think it was in a book, though, in, a, in an extended universe book. So they may be possibly taking from that. We don't know. Because as we know, just like in um, the MCU, and this is pretty much possibly why uh, Star Wars canon has been, they've been taking current canon in bits and pieces out of the extended universe of just in the Star Wars universe. So it wouldn't be surprised if they kind of cherry picked this one out of it or, or that particular thing out of it. Maybe, maybe not the same way that it was presented then, but probably possibly. We'll see next up. All right. Next up. Uh, this is a spoiler for Netflix's Cowboy Bebop live action adaptation. Hmm. So if you did not make it to the end, this is a spoiler. Did you watch this yet, Roddy Cat? Uh, I'm still, y- yes and no. I, I have not watched the end of it, but I still got like two, maybe three episodes to go. All right. So I finished this. So yeah, I'm not going to spoil. I know you read this already, mm-hmm. you know, in this up. But uh, but the bottom line here is a character that was missing noticeably from the advertisements does in fact show up at the end of the se- of this uh, first season, right? And you can see who that is in the title, so you know, right? Or at least the the one because I mean, even if you watch like half of it, the part the 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 the, the character has been mentioned, and people have been asking where this character was before you know the show even actually came out, so. I'm surprised that I actually made it all the way through. Like part of that show is actually pretty difficult to watch. So mm. um, I can tell you that I am not a fan of the um, the the Daniel Pineda uh, character. Really? Huh? Yeah, I kind of like that version. I'm glad, like she's a bit much, admittedly, but no, I kind of, I, I kind of. Yeah, it's a bit much. Like it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Right. The way you know, like because the character already rubbed me the wrong way, but the way they, the direction they took it, I was like, ooh, right. So, but that's just my that's just my uh, two cents, folks. Sure. In one way, they took it in a in a interesting and not surprising uh, way because I don't recall in the original series that that was a thing that happened. But you know, not to go into that. Regardless. All right. No, not even that part. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. know. You're talking about not even that part. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cause it was a nice little scene right there. But anyway, um, <laughs> I feel like some people would know what I'm talking about and I don't even have to say anything, but yeah, I could see where her character ended up kind of was a little too much. I mean, I could be a little bit much, but I kind of liked it. I kind of dug it. So, but regardless, yeah, this other character has been introduced that we weren't really sure whether we we're going to actually get in the first place. So, and I feel like they hinted along those lines, um, before the the series came out, because I know people were asking, so yeah. right, and it's kind of you know in, in, in the sense that it's a it, the adaptation is kind of true to 
the original anime in the sense that we don't, we, you know, we don't see this character right away in the anime. Correct. But they made it so, sound like we were probably weren't going to because of the fact that the character got introduced later than some of the most of the other characters that show up. Right, 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 right. Um, so I it's just it, the the sequence is all. I don't want to say out of whack because an adaptation's an adaptation. They definitely right. are taking this in a different direction than the anime. So yes, um, we'll see where if they do get greenlit for a second season, where they're able to go. Yeah, because they even yeah, like you said, they they introduced a couple of or uh, at least well in outside of this one in a different way from the the original anime. So right. Um, next up, yeah. So uh, if anyone, so so if anyone is waiting for us to talk about the Cowboy Bebop live action. Um, yeah. adaptation. Roddy Cat's not done with it yet, so yeah. And I'm not sure if 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 it's worth going to, but we can talk about that at some at some point. Because <laughs> I'm probably going to finish in the next like day or three. Um, because like I had watched it, I just kind of stopped because other things were were getting watched. Um, sure, or rewatched. Anyway, uh, Keanu Reeves goes on the record. He wants to play Constantine again. And I believe this is another one that's on that was or still is on HBO Max that I wanted to watch. Um, And that's that I believe Ghost Rider, which I also wanted to watch. Both of those movies got taken off recently, so that's kind of sucky. Anyway, oh, they took off the Ghost Rider movie. I think so because I think there was. Uh I think they left on the thirtieth, November thirtieth. Oh, that's too bad. I didn't get a chance to watch them. I know. Same. I mean, like I said, I seen the first one pretty much. Well. The beginning of the first one, and probably a scene or two, was like, like a, just, I couldn't do it. But I, I was kind of looking forward to uh, watching those. And for some stupid reason, Green Lantern, which I think is still on there. But yeah. Anyway, enough um, less, less said about that, the better. It could, there was a chance that those, those could re show up somewhere or also be back on the thing, but we don't know. Like I said, it looks like I think they might have been taken off. Anyway, Keanu Reeves said he wants to play John Constantine. For those who did not know, uh, before this whole comic book movie craze happened, there were a slew of movies. There was still a handful of movies that came out. One of them was Constantine, and it was Keanu Reeves in his earlier days. I believe this was... Was this before Speed? No. Or maybe during a... No. It was, it was no, probably during well after, after that. Speed. I'm trying to... I'm trying to, trying, trying to well after? I don't, I don't think it was well after Steve Speed, but regardless, it was, well it was still early enough. Speed. I was still in college for Speed. Mm-hmm. But regardless, it was still early enough. Oh, wait, 2005. So, yeah, I guess you are right. Huh. Um, but regardless, he says he's open to, uh, to play Constantine again. Whether that's actually going to happen, <laughs> who even knows? Um, but I've been curious about watching that because I know some people who love that movie and I've never watched it. What movie? Constantine. Constantine. Yeah. I thought you were talking about speed. I'm like, speed is awesome. Oh no, no, speed's great. Oh no, I love speed. <laughs> <laughs> speed two, that's another thing. But um, Yeah, I was gonna say I never got the speed two. Oh I watched gosh. it. It was yeah, no. Um oh, my and then I believe there was a the, the director video speed with uh somebody Oh gosh. Yeah, with with uh Jason not Jason Patrick, uh who's term, uh, the Terminator? Regardless, it doesn't matter. Uh it doesn't really matter. Whatever. Yeah. Next, Next up. up. <laughs> the CW's battle. <laughs> I'm like, once we got past the first beat, I'm like, all right, let's not talk about this anymore. Yeah. 
Next up, the CW's Batwoman has unveiled a new image of Nicole Kang as Poison Ivy ahead of the show's mid-season finale on November 24th. The image depicts Mary Hamilton's transformation into Gotham City supervillain Poison Ivy as she gears up to use her newfound powers to stand up, stand out, and express her most deeply buried opinions and desires regardless of who or what may be in her way. Okay. Poison Ivy... Um, that's, I'm sure they're not going to use that song. Um, that would be real cheesy if they did. Um, so HBO Max put a, well, basically put a censored version of the Birds of Prey movie. Uh, yes, that long one that starred Harley Quinn, a uh, long named one, I should say. Did you ever watch that? Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. Actually a couple of times, not a, at this point. Oh, um, I've never gotten around to it. Mm-hmm. Well, so they, so they recently put a censored version up, but they have since put the R-rated version back on HBO Max. So apparently, it was it was mistakenly. It says here uh, that um, the broadcast cable version of Birds of Prey was mistakenly added to HBO Max. I don't know how you would make that mistake, but sure. No, uh, no, that's an easy coding mistake. They probably sourced it wrong or named misnamed the file in their ser- on their server because yes. that's what. Because I, I'm willing to bet that's exactly what happened. Maybe. Is that the file that goes out to the networks was, you know, misnamed or something. I guess, but I feel like uh, 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 the broadcast cable version would probably be put in a different place than the than the stuff that goes up on HBO Max. But yeah, It's all the same server, I guess. Uh, not <laughs> not done, always. You've done IT. I wouldn't be surprised that it's I all mean, the same right server. I mean, that, you're right. That could very happen. And yes, I'm yeah. quite aware of that. But still, I feel like broadcast version, HBO Max version, like a version that's not even supposed to be out on streaming services. You know, I don't know. It's, that's that's weird. But regardless, it is what it is. But it's I'm been right. rec- it's been um, it's been taken care of. So the original version right. is back up. Next, next up, Jason Momoa's Crow reboot test footage has surfaced. So uh, it surfaced online. Ryan uh, Unicomb shared the two clips on Twitter after stills from the test footage began circulating online. "Quote: So here's some of the actual footage." Hope they get the chance to revisit this one day, Unicorn wrote. He followed up with a second clip saying there's always been some confusion around if it's from before he was cast or not. He's personally never been able to confirm, but perhaps director Colin Hardy can. Corin Hardy can. Okay. That's interesting. So in this... Uh, Momoa and Hardy left the Crow reboot in 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, wrestling fans may note this, and I probably should know this, but if you look at the, um, well, one, if you look at the video version, you can see the um, the Twitter post from from Mr. Unicomb, um, that Jason Momoa, if that's indeed who this is, is in this makeup, looks like uh, a wrestler, particularly always almost would say... Well, Sting, right? Well, Sting, Sting based his look on the crow, right? But it looks so. like Sting. more like Sting as opposed to the crow, exactly. Eric, you know, like uh, rest in priest Brandon Lee. Yeah, I gotcha. Right. Uh, next up, uh, Nectera series based on Image Comics title in works at Netflix. So, let's see. The streaming giant is teaming up with writer Robert Patino to develop a series adaptation of uh, uh, Image Comics title Noctera. The drama, which is in development, marks the first project to stem from a new multi-year 
excuse me, um, overall deal Patino uh, has signed with the streaming giant. Uh, Patino currently serves as showrunner on HBO Max's upcoming uh, comics adaptation of DMZ and will create and develop new projects for Netflix via his Analog Inc. production banner. Uh, Noctera is penned by Scott Snyder and Tony S. Daniel. And um, there you go. Next. All right, so uh, don't panic that Star Trek Discovery vanished from (laughs) Netflix in many countries outside of the United States right before Season 4 arrived. You might have a stopgap solution depending on where you live. Viacom CBS has revealed that Discovery's latest season will be available on the company's free Pluto TV service in Austria, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Switzerland, and the UK starting November 26th. Okay. And you might not if you have... A VPN, but we're not going to talk about that. <clears throat> That's okay. Yeah, uh, you, you know there's many reasons to have a VPN. So anyway, uh, yep. the an- the animation guilds writers are ready to negotiate for pay parity. Um, and actually, I didn't get a follow up to this article, but apparently, uh, after ne- months of negotiations between the International Ally- uh, Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. And the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the two organizations finally came to an agreement last month, shortly after um, the first group threatened to strike. Through the the, the first group's leadership, uh, made the newly ratified basic agreement out uh, to be a major win for the union. Multiple members were quick to vote their cons- uh, voice their concerns that the new deal didn't go far enough to address issues for better like better residuals and stricter protections for onset breaks. Uh and like I said, I didn't get a follow up to this, but apparently that's is probably something still uh still going. Oh, and apparently the aforementioned, well, at least or earlier, uh Marguerite Scott is um is the tag writers uh committee chair. Uh, which is uh, the Animation Guild, if you were wondering what that was. So I guess uh, more developments on that as they come, if we if we keep up with that. Next up. Ahead of the premiere of the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero anime film on December 24th in Japan, a before-the-release special program will be broadcast on Abema, A-B-E-M-A, with more details on the film set to be unveiled during the program. The main cast of the film is set to appear in the program, where they'll be quizzed on their knowledge of the series as well as talk more about the film. The special is set to air on the Abima platform on December 4th at 8 p.m. for an hour. After the airing, the entire Jujutsu Kaisen TV anime will be aired as a marathon. MAPPA returns to animate Jujutsu Kaisen Zero with director Sung-Hoo Park at the helm and Toho distributing the film in theaters in Japan. The anime film was announced at the end of the Jujutsu Kaisen TV anime series, which is streaming on Crunchyroll and other places. So uh, I guess this movie may be uh, similar to Demon Slayer, where it may be more impactful on the series as a whole. Maybe, but this sounds like this. I believe this is something that takes place before the series, as opposed to that Demon Slayer movie being in between seasons. Well, yeah, like literally, like a continuation. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm not entirely sure, and I don't know when we're gonna get over here. So, um, that's that's that. 
Uh, Netflix's Avatar live action series to start production soon, according to actor Daniel Day Kim, who uh, is apparently playing Fire Lord Ozai. Uh, let's see. Uh, during a recent uh, interview with Collider, he said this and, and said uh, in response to being asked if he knew when it was going to begin, uh, he said, I think production starts in a couple of weeks as of this, as of four days ago anyway. Uh, no further updates were provided, though, with Netflix's live-action Avatar adaptation still lacking an official or expected release dates as well. So, there you go. Next. Peanuts is celebrating New Year's Eve in Lucy Van Pelt-focused special. So, Apple TV dropped a trailer for the upcoming Peanuts special for Old Lang Syne, which is uh, the title and... Uh, the title of the special. The trailer sees Lucy reeling from her grandmother not showing up for Christmas to help prove how lovable she is. Lucy decides to throw an extravagant New Year's Eve party. Meanwhile, Charlie Brown reflects on his various New Year's resolutions, none of which he's been able to accomplish. I love it. And they better not put Franklin at the on the side of the table by his damn self. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> You know, classic Peanuts folks will will know about that, which is still crazy to say that all the Peanuts stuff is on Apple TV. That is absolutely crazy. Anyway, uh, I'll take these next two. Uh, The Matrix 4 image pits Hamilton's Jonathan Groff uh, against Keanu Reeves' uh, Neo. So, yeah, apparently there's a new image from The Matrix Resurrections that said what I just said. Uh, as you can see here in the video version, you can see the Keanu's kick being blocked by King George, uh, who I guess is a, going to be an agent in um, in Magic, uh, Matrix Resurrections. Probably won't be any singing, but we can't rule it out. Awesome! Wow! Thank you. I was hoping you were going to do that. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> If you haven't seen uh, Hamilton, then well, you you're missing out. Uh, it's still on, you uh, believe it's still on uh, Disney Plus. So yeah, anyway, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, and next up, the Matrix Resurrections uh, announces ticket presale date with Deja Vu inducing trailer. Uh, and I believe it's yep the the film's official Twitter account also confirmed tickets go on sale December sixth. So if you still have money from getting your uh, some Spider-Man tickets and you're going to go uh, check out this uh, next Matrix thing, then there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say my, my, my movie-going uh, group was kind of torn on seeing this in the theaters because it is going to be on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And, but, but it feels like this is a theater experience. Yeah. So... We may circle back to it once we watch it at home and see if it's worth going to the theaters. Mm. Fun fact, not so fun fact. I don't believe I've watched. No, actually, that's not true. I definitely didn't watch the first uh, Matrix in the movie theaters. Because in fact, I Same. Uh, I watched it. That was the first movie I got a Blu-ray. I mean, uh, a, um, a DVD player for for my computer, no less. <laughs> Wow! Yeah. No, I definitely watched that on uh, 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 after a blockbuster rental. I want to say I probably watched it on VHS. Right. In fact, I bought the movie before I even had the DVD player for my for my uh, for my PC. 
and then ended up buying a because uh, I was sitting on it for like a couple of weeks before I ended up getting a, get one and putting it in. But I believe I have since watched like one or if not two, probably the, the other two I watched in the uh, uh, the theater, which gotcha. that was the wrong order to do that in. <laughs> Some would argue. Listen, I I admit I'm pretty sure I watched the second two in the theater as well. Right. So, but this one, yeah, I'm kind of like you and in, in in your group. Like, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. This is going to be on HBO Max, and and uh, that's a hard proposition given given these days and times. Even though, like you said, right, it is we're just right, and we're just coming off of watching um, which one call watching uh, No Way Home. Right. So it's a lot of time spent in the movie theaters during the holidays, especially if. You know, if things get a little hairy, uh, right. public health wise. So yeah, I don't know about you, uh, but my 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 D twenty dice rolls have not been that great, and I haven't even been playing Dungeons and Dragons. So <laughs> that's yes, funny. If you're asking why Roddy Cat would just randomly roll around a D twenty, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Anyway, next up. Uh, we're getting. Oh right no, we're transitioning, the, right? Yes, we are. We're getting into the comic book news. <laughs> DC's Trinity just welcomed another hero, uh, and that's important, except for the fact that it's from Justice League Last Ride, which I know they did say in, uh, Infinite Frontier is pretty much making everything canon, but I think this is still kind of an Elseworlds thing. I don't really know because I haven't been reading this thing. Regardless, this is a spoiler for Justice League Last Ride number seven. And we know what the Trinity is, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and I believe they just added uh, Martian Manhunter to the quadrilogy. Or, sure, yes. <laughs> so it's no longer the Trinity in, in this, uh, whatever this timeline is. Uh, and this article goes on to give reasons for it, I believe, but I haven't read any of that, so it doesn't matter. Moving right along. All right, next up, DC writer Joshua Williamson breaks down new Justice League Incarnate series. So um, he says that the miniseries is five issues, but it is the second act of the Infinite Frontier saga that they're building over at DC. Uh, It's a trilogy that started with Infinite Frontier number zero following Dark Knight's Death Metal. Excellent! Then they have Justice League Incarnate, which is the second act, but it also spreads out across the DCU that connects and ties together. By the time we get to the third act in 2022, you'll see how it all comes together. Okay. Sure. Uh, Worth noting, the uh, Justice League uh, Incarnate started this week. In case you were yeah, there's too many. Listen, there's too many books that came out last week and this week. For whatever reason, Thanksgiving week and the week following, you know, because of shipping delays and, and whatnot... These last, you know, you know, this week and last week, there's just way too many books for us to keep up with. So there's a couple of things that definitely fell through the cracks in terms of uh, our reading list here. Yeah. Next up, uh, WB's. We've also so I had this other thing last week and we forgot to do it for some odd reason. But WB's Multiverses uh, officially announced features Batman, Arya Stark, and more. So this is a video game, folks. Um, and this is if you know the likes of uh Super Smash Brothers or um Brawlhalla, this is pretty much one of those games. And like I said, or like this thing says, uh, it's going to be various characters from the Warner Brothers uh multiverse, 
including those that I mentioned and including uh, Shaggy uh, and, and her brother. But apparently they're getting some voices behind this too because it's like Batman's being voiced by Kevin Conroy, Superman's being voiced by George Newbern, um, Harley Quinn's being voiced by Charles Strong. So we got some names on it. Matthew Lillard's apparently doing Shaggy, which is kind of bringing back that whole uh, Ultra Instinct Shaggy thing, I think, almost also. Um, as well as uh, other people who are, you know, who are known. There's some Steven Universe characters, uh, Adventure Time, like I said, Ari, um, Macy Williams is voicing Ari Stark, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be well voiced, if anything, or at least voiced, <laughs> if anything else, whatever. And it's going to be free to play. So, you know, it, it may be good, it may be bad, but at least um, it'll be something, I guess. It's, it'll be a curiosity, if anything, from what I saw of it. Next up. So the developer of DC Universe Online is making a Marvel MMO. Which Dimensional Inc. Studios, the latest name for the Austin, Texas branch of Daybreak Game Company, is working on a Marvel IP-based massively multiplayer online game, according to an investor presentation. That's interesting news. It is also good and bad because, well, one, DC uh, Universe Online has been around for 10 years at this point. Two, that game's not always been great. Uh, Never can tell you. I can because I played it in the beginning. I've, I've revisited that game uh, here and there, and they've, they've, they've been constantly adding to it, but it just seems kind of a kind of dry. Like, uh, apparently it's still got a fair place because, like I said, it's been around this long. So, I'm kind of iffy on what they're going to do with the Marvel IP. Um, especially if it's going to be the same, along the same lines as this one. Who even knows? The, the, the same company is doing both of them, which is also kind of weird because you wouldn't think either company would, would want that to happen. Um, but it is what it is. So I guess we'll see what happens uh, with that. They should have brought back uh, Marvel Heroes. That's all I'm saying. But the company that did it in the first place is not the same one as it. It's it. Ended up being. Anyway, Star Wars announces Black Series Ahsoka and client figures. Um, so, yeah, so there's going to be two new six inch uh, figures uh, based off of Star Wars The Mandalorian. As I said, the aforementioned Ahsoka Tano and the client, which was, I believe, was Werner Herzog's character. Um, they will both retail for $22.99, scheduled to hit store shelves in spring 2022. Okay, next. Uh, okay, so this is uh, something that an artist posted. Yes. And all right, so in a post shared on Reddit, Static finally teams up with Miles Morales' Spider-Man in a piece created by artist Devon Dowdy. The fan art shows the two superheroes in their most recent costume designs with Static's stylish suit, which was created by Nicholas Draper Ivy for Static Season 1. And uh, he's teamed up with uh, Spidey in... Uh, with Miles in... like a Yeah, I guess that's the, uh, the newest kind of like semi-baggy right. version. Right. Of uh, of the suit, so okay, and yeah, I mean, static suit is pretty much a a, a, 
I don't know if it's much of a resign of his old uh, original classic suit, but it's pretty much that, regardless of whether it's been redesigned. No, no, you know, no, no shade to the artist uh, uh, at all. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. So basically, I, normally I would put something like this in the, in the clickbait section, but I wanted to uh, put this in here because I would like to see this happen. Now, a crossover between Marvel and DC hasn't happened in a good long while and probably seeks to never ever happen but it would be nice yeah it hasn't happened since Avengers JLA exactly so Marvel well we kind of already talked about this uh, but uh, Marvel reveals Hulk may be protecting us from spoiler alert and that's from this is from uh, Hulk number one and we kind of sort of talked about it um, so we don't necessarily need to go into it any further Next. All right, next up. So I guess there's a trailer here for Hawkeye Kate Bishop number one, the issue that came out this week? Uh, last week, and that, that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Last week, right. So Roddy Cat already spoke about it, but if you're looking to uh, check out this trailer, uh, visit this website yeah. that Roddy Cat is linked to. Yeah, which is the Marvel site. So I don't know, it's a weird thing that they're, they're comic books are getting trailers in the first place, so that's kind of funny. Um... Anyway, Cable recruits a multiversal X-Force for Killshot Anniversary Special Preview, which I believe came out this week. Killshot? Uh, I think so. There's, there's a little bit of confusion over what came out this week and last week. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we got some stuff early, and I know with some shipping delays, some stuff didn't actually come out until this week. Right. But I think Killshot came out, uh, I want to say last week. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, sure. One, regardless, it, it's kind of already out, uh, I believe. Yeah, you're right because I'm seeing it in last week's uh, thing. So whether that was actually the case, but regardless, 30 years after the debut of Rob Liefeld and Fabian uh, Nichezza's uh, X Force at Marvel Comics, Liefeld is back with X Force Killshot Anniversary Special Number One. That the iconic create iconic creator who's okay. Anyway, um, just do the sniffing glue. Let uh, <laughs> me stop. That's not nice. Uh, says it will be their biggest, wildest, most consequential uh, uh, adventure to date. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a preview of, uh, there's a five-page unlettered preview of it. But the, uh, the issue is already out, so you can go check one to see the other uh, if you are so inclined. Next. Next up, and this is something that we actually spoke about um, when we saw the, uh, the the preview image for or in the solicitations for uh, the upcoming uh, or the next Marvel Voices Legacy that's due out uh, in uh, due out in time to honor uh, or to observe um, Black History Month, <coughs> on this cover, um, it seems that Sam Wilson is going to get a new shield that honors his Captain America and Falcon roles with a unique emblem. So, um, let's see here. So the, the narrative behind the Sam Wilson story in this uh, Marvel Voices Legacy issue is still under wraps, but the cover by Criss Cross, uh, shout out to Criss Cross for uh, coming back to do some uh, uh, more mainstream work, implies he'll be getting a new shield that honors his legacy as both the Falcon and Captain America. Interesting stuff. Especially, you know, and, 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 and this is a, especially... Uh, uh, relevant in the wake of that uh, United States of Captain America story, yep. that we that just wrapped up. 
That is correct. And you can see the cover of uh, the Marvel vs. Uh, uh, issue, first issue. Well, uh, the issue. Not sure, the, it looks like Eric Arseniega and someone else, but I think he does. Oh, no, that's Criss Cross is doing the that's art. That's Criss Cross doing the art, yeah. Okay, but Arseniega is yeah. doing colors, I think. Colors. I remember, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, you can see the cover right there. Next up, um, this is spoilers for Ghost Rider Kashala number six, which is uh, came out at some point. I don't remember. Um, so apparently, this issue brought back the original Black Knight Sir Percy um, with a new role. And it says here that Kushala and Olivia, whoever that is, visit the 70s to speak to Olivia's uncle Edgar, who's been studying the stars for years. Um, they're able to decipher clues for his work. Tapping into the breach that discover is the fifth dimension. Not not to be confused with the uh, music group. Uh, Rift in Space. Uh, Doom wants to harness after his uh, Marvel superheroes event. Um, some other things happen. And they meet up with uh, Sir Percy, who was the first Black Knight, who apparently fought Thor and won, I think this is going on to say. Um, but some things happen. We won't necessarily go into it. If you're interested in, in that, you can go check it out. Next. Oi. <laughs> so in a bit of hyperbole, uh, I'm not going to read this <laughs> head. <laughs> But apparently, uh, Marvel Comics has provided CBR with an exclusive preview of Amazing Spider-Man number 80.bay by writer Cody Ziegler, artist uh, Yvonne Forelli, Carlos Gomez, and Paco Medina, colorist Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by our Paisan VCs Joe Caramagna. In the preview, Marvel Comics officially declares Aunt May Parker and Otto Octavius, also known as Dr. Octopus, to be... The hottest couple in comics. I mean, it's right here on the cover. Lord have mercy. Hey, so look, I think we can all agree that MCU Aunt May uh, is uh, is um, yeah. Yes, thumbs up. Yes. Right. Yeah. So 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 apparently the cover. I mean, the issue calls for. Uh, uh, May and Doc Ock to go to the university where Peter was injured to get clues as to just what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Otto continually flirts with, uh Yeah, it's kind of uh, icky. Uh, but. Uh, so, yes, this is bringing back an old storyline where they were uh, to be wed. I believe, wait, did they actually get married or they just were engaged? I can't remember. I don't remember. I don't yeah. think I ever read that. that. That was like before my time reading Amazing. Right. I, I feel like I blocked a lot of that out because I'm like, that's crazy. I probably read about it in the Ohatmu, so. Right. So, so yeah, but uh, as in, we kind of talked to, we kind of hinted um, a little bit of it earlier, and so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stuff we talked about kind of earlier, uh, the Avengers are about to add some heavy hitters to the team. Uh, you know, as we have gotten, uh, as we talked about, um, Avengers 50, AKA 750. Yeah. There's some other folks that are, that are coming in and, uh, into the fold, all of which we have seen, I believe 
uh, at one point in time with the with the Avengers, whether they were there actually or not. Especially recently, so clearly they were being set up for this. Um, and uh, you know what? I won't say who it is. So, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll be talking about it. I'm sure going forward, but uh, we'll we'll let it we'll let it ride for right now. But yeah, they're about to get at least three new members. Next. All right, so Marvel Comics may have just confirmed the new Iron Fist is exactly who we think it is. We something we talked about earlier mm-hmm. coming out of the events of the death of Doctor Strange, uh, White Fox issue that came out this week um, by upcoming writer, Iron Fist writer Alyssa Wong and artist Andy Tong, uh, Luciano Vecchio and Arif Prianto all but confirms that the new Iron Fist is a hero we already know and exactly who. Uh, some writers, including the folks over at Newsarama, has been expecting it to be Swordmaster. And then it turns out that apparently Marvel issued a press release showing a critical page from this issue with the text Swordmaster no more. So, yeah, they are definitely uh, not hiding this fact. Right. Yeah. Which sometimes it's good that you do let it be a surprise, but I know that's. that's... I feel like there was something. Weirdly enough, there was something that was spoiled thanks to a, a certain website that I won't uh, name for either this week or last week, or I believe from this one of this week's books that made me um, unfollow that particular site's Twitter account. Okay. For because of that, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, was, I'll uh, ask Roddy Cat about that after the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, first look at Magic Number Nine from Boom Studios. Uh, so yeah, this is a press release from uh, from Boom Studios. Blase, uh, blase, blase. It's a first look at Magic Number Nine, which is coming in December twenty first, twenty one. You know, Jet McCage writing it. Iguara is the artist. Uh, colors Ariana Consani. You know, distinct team still together, uh, and it goes into what uh, what's. Uh, what they're dealing with here, which we will get into when that issue actually comes out. Next. Did Roddy Cat just say a blase, blase, like when the East is in the house? Oh, my God. <laughs> Danger. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Ah, oh, there we go. All right. Jeff Lemire, Dustin Gwynn, Dustin Gwynn to let little monsters loose at Image Comics in 2022. The creative team behind the hit Descender and Ascender series have announced their next Image Comics project, Little Monsters. The new series is akin to Lord of the Flies with vampires following the last children living on Earth, though living may not be the right word. These vampiric children have lived out what feels like an eternal youth amongst the remnants of human society's fading achievements, but even a vampiric childhood must come to an end as they discover when surprising events splinter the group, setting them on a new path from which they cannot return. What comes next will change them for the rest of their eternal lives. Okay. Also, I saw this and I thought, you mean that Fred Savage and uh, What's-His-Face movie from back in the day? Oh no, you got me on that. That's a reference I don't get. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, yeah, that was a. I, I believe that's the case. It was Fred Savage and um, Howie Mandel. I think did a movie together called Little Monsters. I believe doesn't matter. Next up, and last but not least, AWA reveals all new Let's Next uh, superhero series primos. 
So, uh, the Latinx uh, community is getting some brand new superheroes thanks to AWA, artists, writers, and artisans. And the new superhero comic book series is called Primos. Uh, not to be confused with uh, DJ Premier. Uh, Primos will debut in both Spanish and English on February 2nd, 2022, and is a creating, creation of create, uh, look, comedian, actor, writer, and producer Al Madrigal from The Daily Show and Morbius. And artist Carlo Barberi from Deadpool X-Men Milestone Spider-Geddon. Uh, Primo's revolve around three distant cousins who are bound by their ancient space-faring Mayan lineage to King Janab. Uh, they have one purpose above all else, and that is to save the world as we know it. It's the end of the world. Okay. Uh, they are the Primo's, and in the official announcement, AWA's chief creative officer, Axel Alonso, said they, they are kind of like the... Latinx Guardians of the Galaxy. Of course, he would say that. Um, and then it kind of goes on from there. So, if that is of any interest in you, February 2nd, uh, 2022, is the, when that's going to premiere. And that, folks, is the end of the news section and the end of this year's show. One more ad read, please, sir. Our last ad read of the night, and you know what we read when it's a long show and it's getting late. Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. I'm actually going to add on the uh, the last part of this. If you are shopping at Amazon often, especially this Christmas season, bookmark the link or add it as your homepage so that you can help the CSPN each time you order. We thank you for your support. Yeah. Uh, and on that, folks, we have come to an end of another episode of this here Combo Chronicles. Thank you very, very much for coming out here uh, and putting up with this, uh, you know, not well, we've had longer shows than this for less content, but with less content. In them, so <laughs> this one was at least the time was slightly justified. By right. There was a lot less debating on this one. We were just trying to get through a lot of books this week. Exactly. And, and the, 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 the amount of news that we had. So yeah. And plus with the Hawkeye stuff, which next week mm-hmm. will be more of, uh, when we go, when we, uh, come back to it. Uh, but that being said, I have been wait, uh, Rider Cats. You can find me at Rider Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC underscore dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all the umbrella sites therein. Tim D O G G 98 on Twitter. Um, also, the Osiris that is ish. You can also find Tim at. Uh, CB Cron, which is the Combo Chronicles uh, Twitter account. You can also find him at The Click Nation on Twitter. You can also find him at TheClickNation.com. You can also find him at ComicBook.com, where he's over there writing his face off. Uh, you can find this here podcast on, which I don't think I said in the beginning, the CSPN, uh, Coles of the Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. 
Uh, you can also find us on your podcast trumpet place of choice, which I think I also did not say at the beginning of the show. Um, it's okay. Yeah, that's right. Get it one way or the other, right? Um, but uh, Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, and of course, you can find us recording live every Thursday night, uh, with the exception of a couple of weeks in, in a couple of weeks, um, on the uh, YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash the Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles, all in a word. Um, it's quiet, too quiet. Come on, give us some, um, come, come join the fun over here. You know, give us a, give us a follow on the, um, on those, one of the two of those places, particularly the Twitch page so we can get some more people so we can do some things. Um, but nevertheless, uh, like I said, the audio will be out, um, a couple of days after the recording, or you can still peruse this here video section, uh, video whenever. Uh, that. Oh, and obviously, I'm make sure to hit like, subscribe, and hit the uh, the the notification button. All that good stuff for podcasts and for video. Yeah. Uh, and with that, folks, uh, this has been the Comic Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. Wakanda forever.